This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, right off the bat, I want to apologize for, I, I don't know how this is going to sound uh, until I sit down and edit it, but this is truly a mobile intro. Uh, I am uh, on the move, on my way to things and things and things as I sit down to record this intro, outro for the next uh, episode or two. Uh, so I don't know what's going to get picked up. Uh, I'm using some better quality microphones while I do it. Normally we just use the phone itself and that picks up a lot of background noise. I'm hoping that using a better quality mic, you don't get that. But be warned. Anyway, uh, man, man, oh man. Right off, the, uh, right off the top of the bat, right off the top of the show, we got to thank some people. Um, for those that don't know, uh, we relaunched uh, the, pa- the Patreon. We rebooted it, if you will. It seems like it's the year of the reboot. Jay and Silent Bob, uh, and really, that's the only thing I have off the uh, top of my head that's getting rebooted, but I know there's a bunch. I guess technically remakes are happening this year as well, but anyway, uh, yeah, our Patreon is no longer uh, for That's Entertainment Podcast Network, and it is now uh, patreon.com slash thatnerdykev. Uh, it is a place where you can go to support me as a content creator as I get ready in 2019 to do more things that are uh, Kev-centric. Um, which also means the, the network centric as well, but, um, I'm getting ready to do more things that are, that are me. So, uh, like I'm going to be launching one or two more shows that I'm going to be hosting, uh, this year. Um, uh, I'm going to be bringing, uh, the after party of one pod up to speed and back and, 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 and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to be working on, on like three to four podcasts, um, that are anywhere from a monthly show to a weekly show. And, in order to do that, uh, I would love to, and and not only just to do that, I can do that as things currently stand. But in order to do it at a higher quality and at a, maybe even a better like rate, like doing things, um, some of the fun, like this show is always going to be weekly. This is the one. This is the the show that I, I enjoy doing. Uh, I don't want to say the most, but this is the one that. Um, I don't know. This is the one. This is the one for me that's weekly. This is the home base. Uh, but things like After Party of One, that's monthly, uh, where we cover four shows in, in one of uh, the Party of One podcast, you know, maybe we can bump that up. Maybe we can do weekly. Maybe we can do live shows with it. Maybe uh, some shows like In Character that we're currently um, trying to solicit uh, a list of people who would be interested to be a guest. In Character is a show where I'm going to sit down. I've tapped into the multiverse. If it's like this show, except I'm sitting down and talking to characters throughout the multiverse. I'm talking to characters, uh, you know, we've tapped into a lot and have access to a lot of uh, tabletop role-playing game 
universes. So, you know, characters that maybe uh, you hear on actual play podcasts and whatnot. Uh, we're going to be able to tap into the multiverse and get them on a podcast and talk to them and explore their worlds and whatnot. And, you know, if in order to do that, at, you know, on a more frequent basis, uh, that's going to be a bi-weekly show. In order to do that, uh, you know, weekly or to do live shows with that, um, the Patreon, I think, is the best way for us to help kind of fund that stuff. So Patreon has been re, uh, rebooted, retooled. Uh, Patreon.com slash ThatNerdyKev. Uh, and you can go there and check out the uh, rewards we have um, for your subscription. Uh, and uh, to kind of kick things off, we, we got to uh, thank our, our patrons from this month. Uh, as always, uh, good old Mikey D, Mike D'Angelo. Uh, is one of our Patreons. He's been there from the beginning. He's a day one. Uh, and new to the uh, revamped, retooled, rebooted Patreon, uh, please thank you. Give your props. Give some thanks to Priest Pulse. Uh, you know, thank you guys so, so much for uh supporting us on patreon uh and to sweeten the deal for priest post that's our good buddy ben from the pot of love podcast as well so there's a couple extra plugs for you there buddy uh but thank you guys for supporting um your your patreon dollars uh help us cover costs that's the first thing we need to do is cover some baseline costs uh which I guess, you know, it roughly cost, I forget what I have up there, but I think a good estimate's about uh, like 25 to, to $50 is what I realistically, somewhere in that ballpark, um, is what I spend a month to keep everything we do afloat. So if we can hit that goal, um, I would be very, very happy uh, to, to like be able to say that I don't pay out of pocket to do podcasting anymore. Uh, I've done that for a very long time. I obviously am going to continue to do it. Um, but that, that's like baseline from there. Uh, it's improving equipment. It's getting, uh, travel money to go to cons. Um, especially like as we step up our, uh, our, our tabletop actual play, um, either, uh, related or adjacent content, um, you know, I would love to be able to take those shows on the road uh, like we do. Everything is awesome. And in order to do that, uh, that all costs money and whatnot. So that's where your Patreon dollars are going to go. Uh, and then in, in, you know, long game, five year plan is I would love to be able to uh, not do this as my full time job, but to be able to pay other content creators uh, to work with us, whether that means podcasting or video or whatever that means to you. Uh, you know, as a content creator yourself, that's what we're looking to do uh, long term is, you know, uh, bring more people into into the That's Entertainment fold um, and the Crew Humor Studios fold. Uh, anyway, uh, this week's guest, I've babbled on long enough. This week's guest uh, is someone who um, I indirectly met at Wizard World uh, when we did our panel. Uh, I didn't actually meet her until uh, after the panel. And uh, I'm talking like weeks after the con uh she, this is maggie from uh the temple of geek uh, blog she was uh at wizard world philadelphia doing uh photography and running um some con coverage for temple of geek uh and she wrote an article about uh 
the Wizard World and some of the things on, I don't know if it was the whole weekend or day one or whatever, uh, but she name dropped Everything is Awesome and, and, and talked a little bit about our panel that we ran there and included some pictures of our panelists and stuff. So it was super, super cool. Like that was an amazing thing to, to see happen. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if I, how much I expressed that to Maggie um, on or off air, but like that meant the world to me. Um, as someone who's been podcasting for Christ almost 12 years now, um, and, and has been like trying to do more in like the pop culture scene and, and kind of get recognition for that meant the world to me. Like that was such, 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 um, I don't know. It, it, it was, it, it melted my heart. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it brought a tear to my face to, to see that. So thank you, Maggie, for that. Uh, and thank you for this amazing conversation. Uh, we sit down and we, we cover a lot of different things. Uh, Maggie is a college student going to school for communications and broadcasting and stuff. Uh, and uh, so so we, we kind of just were very pop culture heavy conversation. And we did chat a little bit about covering cons as part of the press. We did talk about uh, what it's like to be a college student, our generational gaps, uh, and just a whole lot more right here on uh, Everything is Awesome. So please take a listen uh, right here on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network at thatentertains.com slash network and, of course, homebaseawesomepodcast.com. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, we're hopping right in. Yeah, um, yeah, no problem. It took quite a bit to to actually set up. We've been what trying to do this since like May. Since uh, yeah, I want to say I, uh, I I requested uh, your presence after you wrote the glowing review of <laughs> Wizard World. Uh, it's my I guess it like because you linked the Everything Is Awesome website. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and I didn't even notice it because I don't pay attention to anything on the back end of the website. <laughs> Um, and my, my buddy who co-runs the, like the parent company, uh, for the podcast, he's like, yo, uh, somebody wrote an article on everything is awesome at wizard world. I'm like, what? Uh, and yeah, so that's, that's what, uh, started this little, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember now. I was at wizard world and I was kind of, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was just on that bottom floor and I was like, I have so much time to kill. And cause I was by myself. And I was like, might as well pop into here because I'd seen the the description like in the program thing, but I hadn't like planned to do it because I yeah. had six hundred thousand other things to do. And then I popped in, and I don't know if you remember, but I was like just circling the like perimeter of the room, taking pictures <laughs> for like press. And I was like, I feel so weird, but this is also very fun to listen to. <laughs> I do like it's it's funny like in hindsight, I do remember <laughs> all of that uh, during the middle of it, which I was sick for. Uh, oh. I I, uh, I think I had like a six pack of pineapple juice, uh, and a bottle of honey on the table that oh I kept God. on like, I, I'm almost positive. I know I had it planned where I was going to make it a bit where, where I was drinking that the bottle of honey very specifically. Uh, but I think I had decided to not make it so obvious. And I think I was like kind of ducking off to the side, uh, <laughs> as I, as like, you know, uh, Ariel and, um, and Mike and, and Kate were chatting, I would just kind of duck off and, and, uh, take my little hit of honey. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, that, that was our second panel. That was such a fun, and that was like the first major con that I did yeah. uh, in any kind of capacity. Yeah, that was uh, my first big con too. Like I'd never, I'd gone to like the local ones around where I am in Pittsburgh, but I'd never been to like a big 
legit one and I was by myself and so it was mm. like I drove out stayed at my great aunt's house got up at like six o'clock in the morning went took pictures all day and I was like I don't like I was sitting in the press pit for like some of the panels and I'm going I don't belong here I'm literally 20 <laughs> years old with these people that have like four different cameras and I'm like I'm using my Nikon my mom got me for Christmas <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, I did press for Keystone Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, and I 100% did not feel like I felt uh, yeah. I fit in as a 34 year old. But I also am not a photographer. Like, I'm not there. I'm not either. I'm barely uh, a well. photographer. <laughs> like, I just uh, had my like one year anniversary today. I saw that. Yes. Yes. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, that, but it's definitely, I mean, way more talent than me. Like I do the, <laughs> the fake photography that's through the iPhone. I mean, that's uh, still photography because my strategy well. is click until it looks good. <laughs> So well, see, and that's like uh, for for uh, for podcasting, it's just uh, record until it sounds good. Yeah, and you can that's edit all out all the, the gross bits. That's what I do with oh. my. I've recorded. I take audio production classes for school because I'm a yeah. I'm a communications major. I have recorded everything on my phone for the last like four assignments I've had to do. So I don't yeah. think equipment or like talent is any part of it. You just <laughs> do it till you suck less. That's that's, uh, yeah. that's art. <laughs> that's uh, specifically in the uh, world of podcasting. That is uh, been my philosophy for eleven years now. Yeah, eleven yeah. and a half years is uh, just suck less uh, with each year. Uh, but that's like the. I mean, when I started podcasting eleven years ago, uh, it wasn't as simple as like just having your phone. Like you couldn't record yeah, good audio yeah. on your phone. Uh, it was, it, I, I just got done talking to someone else about our original setup and the original, uh, setup for our, for our first podcast in 2007 was like, I had no idea what a podcast was. No one did. Yeah. Uh, it was like a year old at that point. And, uh, but, and I'll make it short since I've told this story numerous times and very recently. But the first official setup, I was in Maine for work. My co-host was in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, oh Levittown. Uh, the producer and uh, just mastermind behind all the audio stuff because I didn't know what I was doing back then. He was in Philadelphia. So, and back then Skype was like literally not a thing uh, in 2007 or it was in, in its infancy. So we, I think we were either using AIM chat oh my God. Or, uh, or whatever the, the uh, pre-hangout was. Oh I think God. it was called I'm just I'm too young G-chat. to even remember AIM. <laughs> like I didn't have an AIM thing. Oh, Really? No. Well, AIM, uh, they just recently died. They were around. Yeah, we they were. I it. mean, like I was on, when I came into social media, I was on like the the <sighs> close to death end of MySpace. That's when I came into social media. And I was like eight at the time. Oh, okay. I'm a well, first. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, so for those that are, I mean, in, in the world of podcasting, you're not just joining us, but uh, for those that are like have no idea what's going on right now, because uh, there was no explanation to uh, this to, to, to our guest right now. Uh, <laughs> Maggie is uh, she she covered press for Wizard World and um, for Temple of Geeks. Yes. Dot com. Uh, who sparsely write for because I don't have time because I'm a student. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't get better when you become no, uh, a, a, a person, <laughs> a human, that. a real human. No, no. Um, I am behind on 95% of everything, partially because of like just depression and and uh, and family emergencies. Also but, valid. Uh, 
fair. Yes, but but uh, also because like I'm like, hey, here's an idea. I'll do five podcasts and I'll review comic books and I'll also do like a million other things. Yeah, and uh, it just all kind of falls to the side until I decide to pull an all nighter, uh, like I am tonight. Yep, but. Yep. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and and there's a massive uh age difference where where I find it funny. I always find it funny when I talk to people that are literally in a whole other generation than me because it is so different. Uh, because like I like I grew up with, I guess, see, I don't count AIM as social media, yeah, it's like, not, it was just like the, the Facebook Messenger of its day. Oh my God. But it, it wasn't even like, I, I guess like, I, I don't know what you call it back then. I guess it was social media to a degree. Yeah, it just wasn't called that by name. Yeah. I guess but like, like de- defining social media, even now it's like, what is social media? I mean, I've had that uh, conversation in my research class for the past like three weeks. Like, what do you count as social media? I don't know. Yeah. Cause it, I, it, now it starts to blend with the internet, but yeah. like the, the internet there, like I grew up on dial-up AOL oh. 2.5. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just and, like getting uh, the dial-up sound in my head. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, that was a struggle. Oh. I mean, that was real life. It's. It's. There was a time. I mean, you don't remember. You. You had instant internet probably your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there might have been dial-up when I was like tiny, <laughs> like before I kind of had a concept of what the internet was, because like. I have a memory of the dial-up sound. It's not just something I would like hear on like recordings growing up. Like I remember that. And I think it was like, cause we always had a computer in the house cause my parents are nuts. Mm. Um, not nuts, but like they had to do work on it. Mm. So like we had the dinosaurs from the time I was little, but like being on the internet, I do not remember having to like log on <laughs> and you couldn't be on the phone while you were using the internet, that kind of thing. Like, I don't remember that. And that's such a like special time of uh, like, the internet for me because that's like when you could do like silly silly things and not get in trouble and uh, i mean yeah i guess it's it, like napster or whatever that was oh my well first of all <laughs> napster is still I feel like I'm making references that are far too old for how old i actually am uh, napster is a current day thing that's still around is that still a thing it's a legitimate service now uh I oh forget, I forget. well maybe i'm thinking of like limewire limewire uh it does not exist uh that's a thing that died but, yeah but napster did die for a while napster was a thing it was the first thing that to, that allowed you to acquire music uh and maybe other things maybe i don't see now i'm blending my my piracy uh, with with current day piracy and, and, and old, I think I guess old school was just music that you could pirate uh, at least easily. Yeah. And yeah, Napster was the OG for that. But they are like you could go. I don't know if it's Napster.com, but you can go to uh, find Napster and have like a legit. I think they're like a Spotify service now. Um, yeah, no, I I just googled it and it is now entirely entirely legal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like their, their tagline is same digital service, hundred percent legal. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I don't think there's a world like, I don't know if anyone actually pirates music anymore because like it's essentially like you guys, you kids these days have it easy where you can literally pay $10 a month and have all the music in the world. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't have any music like downloaded onto my phone anymore. Cause I have like, I'm just looking at all my music apps. I have all I use is like Spotify and I use Amazon Music because that's like $14 a month and it's like every song ever and no skip limit. And I'm like, wow. Like, because I remember when I was in 
because I, I did do the pirating music thing <laughs> when I was in like middle school I would like find songs that I liked and like pirate them so I could put them on my phone because th- stuff on iTunes was always so expensive yeah. you know like you could rack up a lot of money what? paying for songs on iTunes and I feel like that's kind of died yeah. now for sure because um, I mean I still purchase music when I um, when I buy digitally or when I get it digitally I don't sh- I mean I, yeah. I, I have free accounts with Spotify and and uh, Mm-hmm. whatever those other ones are. Um, but I, 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 when I want to buy something and have it on my phone to like listen to permanently, I usually buy digitally through iTunes. I don't stream through Apple music yeah. because I, there's something to me. I still, even though I'm not buying the physical media, I'm a very, uh, like when it comes to most things, I'm a, I'm a physical, uh, like, technology person like I, I need to have the yeah. physical book in my hand I need to have the physical DVD uh, even though there's no like special inserts anymore um, uh, oddly enough music's the one thing that I've let go of the physical medium for because yeah uh, I, because it's what's the point I guess it's like it's yeah. you have to make it digital to listen to it almost anywhere even in your, like my car has a CD player but th- I'm sure there's cars that don't yeah does I don't I don't even know if my car has a CD player. I mean, my car's, I think it does. I think I just don't use it because like I've had an aux cord because my my car used to be my my mom's Mm -hmm. car. So I've had the aux cord in there since I got it. So that's just kind of what I, I like stick that in there and I just play my podcast because I have like a three and a half hour journey home from school. So I just stick my podcast on and listen to those the whole time. Yeah. I, I, and I'm also a very, like I'm, I, I talk about music. I actually do. I don't listen to music very often because I'm, I, I listen to like 95 million podcasts and also produce. Oh God. I see. I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I, I listen to podcasts like when I'm doing my makeup in the morning, but for the most part, when I walk to class, I listen to a lot of music. It's just, like, even if it's just like the same five or six songs that I have like something to walk to. And also like when I'm in the dining hall at school, because people are irritating and I don't want to listen to them talk because <laughs> I'm antisocial. But um, so I, I play a lot of music and I play music like when I'm studying or when I'm, when I'm writing or stuff like that. I, and it kind of just, it'll be the same like 10 songs in a row. Like at the moment I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody three times. So my entire playlist at the moment is just queen so i just kind of subsist on the same 10 songs and they rotate like every three months yeah uh but that makes sense for short short spurts of listening to your your you know eye device or your digital device yeah you when you're listening to a podcast like my daily commute is about an hour long so i can i can and i also listen to all my podcasts at one and a half times speed because again i listen to all of the podcasts uh and uh, so, so that hour I can, I can usually get about an hour and 20 to an hour and a half, uh, worth of podcasting in. Yeah. Um, and, but like when I'm walking, like when I go to the gym, it's usually not podcasting, uh, that I'm listening to mm-hmm. because that's hard to concentrate on and, uh, get a workout in. Yeah. Yeah. I just started to do, um, I've kind of gone backwards and I've started buying vinyl now. Yeah. I started buying records. Uh, literally because my friend and I went record shopping because uh, they have a an actual record player. I don't. And I went record shopping with them and I just thought the album art on the thing I bought was pretty. So I bought it and now I have a record collection. I, uh, it's funny. I, I have a uh, record player that I got for Christmas last year. One of those like vintage ones that has the CD player and the, mm-hmm. the cassette tape uh kids a cassette tape is kind of like a bit a, a tiny vhs tape and a vhs tape is what happened before dvds which is what happened before blu-rays wow oh, that's, God. Uh, i know what vhs and cassette tapes are so well, i mean because my my parents and i 
still have a giant collection of every Disney movie that was ever released on VHS. Cause like I, I lived in, I live in a weird world where like growing up, I watched VHS tapes, but then by the time I was like 12, they were a dead medium. And if you had a VHS player, you could still buy VHS tapes, but they weren't like making new ones. So it was weird how quickly they transitioned from these giant clunky things that you could break to DVDs, which broke even more easily Mm. if you scratch them, which we did because it was my brother and I who are heathens uh, (laughs) watching all the movies. Yeah, I I have a big pet peeve. And again, it's probably because I was uh, a sane uh, adult human, or or at least a teenager when DVDs were a thing. (laughs) And I like am very particular with how anything that's disc uh, oriented is handled because uh, I get like, Again, and I think technology is better where even if you get a scratch, it's not the end of the world these days. But uh, yeah. I, having like one of the first DVD players, uh, it was uh, the end of the world. Uh, and I, yeah. I love like movies is probably the thing that I I, uh, I love like m- that I intake the most. Like I'm not a big music person, yeah. well, podcasting is, but uh, like actual like visual art or um, I don't want to say talented art because that takes away from all the podcasters. But we're not talented. We can just sit around and talk. Uh, Talent is relevant, <laughs> but like th- film is like my go to uh, like expression. Um, and, uh, so, so I love, uh, watching movies and I always get, uh, I would be real particular with how they're handled. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I was, I was a tiny heathen child when, (laughs) when this, uh, transfer kind of started and I also, and I have a little brother and we were like, we were the siblings that routinely smacked each other with plastic lightsabers. Mm -hmm. So we weren't exactly gentle. I think now, it's funny. I went to watch Night at the Museum the other day, and we have a DVD of it because I was like, I don't feel like I don't want to rent this on Amazon. I know we have the DVD. I remember when we bought this, and I went to play it, and it was super scratched up because we treated it like garbage. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And then it was that was the first time in ages that I actually had a thought of like, oh yeah, we did damage this thing, and I can no longer use it because I'm so used to just streaming everything yeah oh, and, and, and as someone i mean i still buy the physical media like i said for for movies because i just i don't know why because i i literally am pretty much watching everything through netflix or the dc universe app yeah. uh or oh that's a thing uh, god yeah a dc universe app. i don't keep up with dc at all i uh i do simply because when it comes to like their television work they actually make a good product uh like Mm -hmm. their movies uh you know 10 in 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 see i grew up when dc movies were the best uh comic book movies but in modern times marvel kind of takes that crown at least generally speaking Uh, i think the the um the actual last dvd i think we bought because we hadn't bought DVDs in a while, was uh, Infinity War. <laughs> that's like the most recent DVD we have in our in our case. But that's a that's a good one to have. Uh, uh, see, I didn't like Infinity War. I know. I, 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 I try not to comment. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't. It, this is no longer an argument that I care about. I I don't care if you like it or not. It's like it's a movie. It happened. It, I I can I I guess I can see like some of the complaints that people have uh, with it. But I also like if looking at, I mean, because I, I have my complaints too. I, I, like the biggest thing during the, the the panels that we did at Wizard World and the Great Philadelphia mm-hmm. Comic Con, like my big complaint was most of those deaths, uh, specifically like the the ones that, having, that happened after the uh, the snapping, was like 
like they they didn't matter like i i know yeah they did like just had no weight yeah them. like i black panther 2 is like greenlit uh spider-man i know it's literally like we know these people are yeah. coming back why and i ironically uh and i know this is the uh, one of the deaths you have a, a an issue with uh at least according to twitter you do but uh, the spider-man death to me is the only one that kind of matters because at least like there was emotion behind uh yeah you know that scene um yeah i think i think i agree with you i think there's there was emotional weight to that, mm. and there was it affected a character in some way. And like you, you could argue that like yeah, Bucky and I don't even remember who from Black Panther was it T'Challa that died? Like he yeah, dusted or whatever. Like everybody that dusted, I'm like, I understand there's gonna be emotional implications later, but now it's just like you did so much at once that I just don't care. Well, and, <laughs> like there's too much happening here. And I don't even know that it, 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 to me, it's not even that there was too much. It's just that like, and I, I don't know how they could have done it better. <laughs> like, uh, mm -hmm. because, yeah, because you have to, like, I love that it's a bleak ending. Like it has that empire strikes back ending yeah. uh, or the, the, you know, for, for your generation, the rogue one. Uh, oh God, don't remind me <laughs> where it's, it's just, it's a bleak ending. And I like, that's why like empires, my favorite star wars movie for that reason uh rogue one is i think my favorite post to disney era um star wars movie for that reason and and infinity war while i think there's plenty of marvel movies i enjoy more it, it, mm -hmm. at least the ending to infinity war i i kind of really dig and it might be my favorite ending because it is that bleak ending mm -hmm. i think for me just coming off of stuff like Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok, especially Ragnarok because that's my one of my all-time favorite kind of films in general. I think coming off of those that had such a different vibe, mm. I just and I don't like depressing stories. I am I'm like I have anxiety. Don't do this to me. Um, but like I just I'm not a like I'm kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm not a big depressing ending type of person, and I also just don't really like the way the Russo brothers have written their movies since winter soldier i almost forgot the name of it <laughs> but like i don't know I, I think coming off of stuff like ragnarok and black panther and like even wonder woman kind of before that i think that the sort of hopefulness storylines i was like cool we can do more of these and then also thanos was just such an uninspired like villain for me i was like cool you look like a big <laughs> raisin that's all i'm getting and i think also because cable was also a thing right next to yeah. that. And I loved Cable yeah. so much that I was like, why'd you drop the ball there, Josh Brolin? Well, why'd you drop the ball? I, I honestly <laughs> don't think that was Brolin's fault. Uh, I don't think it was. Yeah. I think it was just a coincidence yeah. that I was piggybacking on. And, and I can see that the whole Thanos of it all uh, being an issue because there was, and I don't know if we discussed it during the panel at Wizard World or if it was the panel uh, that we did at the great Philadelphia Comic-Con before, was the world but we did get into a, a pretty hefty discussion about how um they kind of marvel in general i don't think it was the the russo brothers uh necessarily kind of dropped the ball with thanos um yeah they did the the to me the what's like a it had a lot of potential for a storyline was his storyline with gamora but it was all within yeah. this one film that's already got a lot yeah. going on yeah. And there's just so, yeah, there's so many people. Yeah. And yeah, they built, they started to kind of build him up in Guardians of the Galaxy and then he just like disappeared mm -hmm. 
and went off to do whatever he does for like five, six movies. And then he comes back and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to care about this person now? He was in the first Avengers movie. Like, Was he? Yeah, he was a a post-credit op, I think. Oh, okay. I haven't watched the first Avengers in ages because I stopped watching anything Joss Whedon ever does (laughs) after I took. I took a course my freshman year of college that was basically Joss Whedon's work in feminism. And it was like, here's why he's garbage. And so I haven't watched any of his stuff since like late 2016. Um, it's, and, well, and to be fair, uh, and I, and probably more to your argument than, than Joss's uh, argument. Um, see, I, I like to me, Avengers, the original Avengers movie is, is almost a near perfect comic book movie because it oh, is. Oh, I think so too. I just don't. It's not on any streaming services. That's my thing. I'm like, I don't want to watch anything that's not on a streaming service. I don't want to pay money. But I can also see where, like, there's even that movie has some problems uh, when it comes to like the female representation. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. so I can I can and but that's also almost a lifetime ago. Like that that is. It is in terms of like superhero movies. It was what like six years ago now. Uh, if not longer, like it's. Uh, it's 2012. Yeah. So it's, six years. Okay, ago. so. Oh, I feel old. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not going to get into that argument. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, God, I'm 14. Uh, I was. I think I was uh, 28. Yes. I hope that. I hope I did that math right. Um, <laughs> I, I. I. I did. I did. For me, I did. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that movie, even in 2012, that that movie had problems, and and you can see. I mean, really, DC was the one that beat Marvel to the punch. With- oh, DC stepped the hell up. Mm-hmm. And it, and like, wait. they they seem to be, I think, course correcting. You know, uh, with, with yeah, Aquaman yeah. and and then uh, you know, kind of, I guess, doing singular movies and not doing the universe thing. I still kind of yeah. want them to keep them connected, even if it's connected the way the like Agents of Shield is connected to the MCU. It's just very- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's, I think potential there just when you don't have Zack Snyder directing these movies. Agreed. He's not, he's not good. I, <laughs> That's uh, all I'm going to say. Uh, I don't want to get into an argument on the internet. Well, you're not going to get into it cause I don't, I, I, uh, I, I will die on that hill of Zack Snyder's not. Oh yeah. That's a hill. Yeah. There are a few hills I'll die on and that's one of them. Uh, I have, <laughs> I know plenty of people that think Man of Steel is a good Superman movie. And I'm like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? My best friend loves it. And I'm like, mm, I don't like, also I've never finished man of steel. Cause I get bored. See, I, I don't know that it's a, I don't think it's a boring film. I, um, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Maybe it is, but it's a bad Superman movie. Um, and, and I get crap from people because I'll say that and they're like, well, you're just a purist. Whereas like, no, like I, I, you should take it your own original take on these superheroes that we've known for literally uh, 80 years or more. Uh, and you should do something new with them. But the one thing about Superman, what makes Superman great in a world where like literally the only thing he's allergic to is a green rock is, is that he is like what we aspire to be. He is, he gives us hope in, in a time when, you know, life sucked 80 years ago and he was supposed to be the representation of this is what we can aspire to be as, as, as mankind. And really in 2018 is kind of, and I mean, I guess man, it still came out before like, you know, I don't know, like 20, 2013. Yeah. But, 
you know, uh, so, so times weren't as bad then, but still, I think that that value that he holds as that kind of hero never goes away where same thing with Captain America, that like Captain America can't, the reason that, and I didn't read the storyline, but the reason that storyline kind of like irked everybody in the comic books when he went Nazi is because that's oh, yeah. not Captain America is supposed, not Captain yeah, America. supposed to be punching the Nazis. Um, and and yeah. Superman, punch Nazis. Yeah. Everybody should punch Absolutely. Nazis. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Superman is not supposed to break necks and he's supposed to save his dad. Yeah. Uh, and it's he's supposed to be the boy. So you can take like the, you know, you can take Batman and give him a gun and and I can buy it. I can buy why Batfleck yeah. had a gun. I can't buy why uh, Cavill's Superman broke Zod's neck. I, I won't ever buy that. I won't buy. I, I won't buy why he didn't save his his dad. Like every mythos I know about Superman, there's one thing: it's he saves his dad and he doesn't break nets. You know. So yeah, I think for me, growing up, I, I, I just. I always say this. I watched a lot of weird stuff mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And so I think I tended to lean, at least when I watch movies, more towards like Batman. Mm -hmm. I think that was more my thing was the dark broody and not even really for Batman. I just like the villains. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be Jim Carrey's Riddler when I was little. Um, like that was my type of thing. And so I think I lean more towards Batman. So I think for me now, I just can't find something I like about Superman. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. I, it's, and I don't, I don't want to call him boring white man, um, because the whole history of Superman, he was created by Jewish men. And there was, there was a, there's a lot of sort of history behind that and the history behind kind of that idea of persecution and that type of thing. And I don't want to call it that. I think it's just for me, I'm like, I see Superman everywhere. It's, I mean, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. I've heard that since I could mm. like process words you know and i think the same thing for me i think i think it's both sides of the coin i think that's how i feel with captain america too i think it's just like the i don't i'm not too much of a person that goes for goody two-shoes heroes i like i like a little bit of an anti-hero yeah. so i think for me with man of steel um and even batman versus superman i was just like okay cool this is happening uh why why should i be interested you know because and i i also haven't ever finished the uh christopher reeve superman either I, my best friend has tried to get me to watch that too and i'm like i know that this is one of the most iconic performances of all time but like i can't do it well, but also that one's three hours long so that might also be my problem that was my problem with the shining oh okay okay i was like i don't like this this could have lost an entire hour. Oh my God. Okay. So we can talk about this. Cause I, I and then maybe I saw this, I don't know. Maybe I, I saw this on Twitter somewhere and I, I didn't think it was you, but maybe it was because I, I watched it for the first time this year. Uh, same, and, same. Uh, it's funny because I watched that for the first time. And then I watched the, the, the original Halloween for the first time uh, this year as well. Also same. And uh, what I loved about the original Halloween is that it, in 2018, it holds up as a perfectly acceptable horror slasher flick. Um, like it doesn't seem dated. Like it, I guess a little bit it does, mm -hmm. but like it, it, like it's not. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Good uh, where The Shining uh, is long. Definitely could have shaved so long. at least oh a half God. hour out of that. But it also, in 2018, 
does not hold up. Like you can't have that no. movie in 2018. It's, it's very, uh, and I don't know if vulgar is, is the word I, I, I want to use, but it's very, uh, like, like there's just, they drop the N bombs. They, they, uh, Oh yeah. Oh God. I forgot about that. Uh, and, and I think you could probably keep the story where, where, um, he, he beats his wife or, or whatever that's, that's, but, yeah. but the way he, he talks about, uh, woman in that movie, just, I, I don't oh know God. if that holds up. Yeah. I, I don't think it would either. I think that kind of physically pained me. Also the knowledge that Stanley Kubrick really treated Shelley Duvall like garbage kind of took me out of it. And also the fact that like, for the most part, other than the like, beating on his wife i didn't see any kind of marked change between normal mm. jack nicholson and what was supposed to be crazy jack nicholson because in my mind as somebody who grew up watching him as the joker i was like that's just how jack nicholson acts yeah. all the time yeah. like that's kind of there was no it didn't feel like there was a change and i was like and you know growing up i saw this stuff from the Chi the shining like i knew red rum mm -hmm. everywhere like you see the pictures of the creepy twins all the time and i was expecting so much more of that to be in the movie and the only kind of real marked sort of scary thing is when he goes to whatever that room is i don't remember the name number of the room but oh, it's yeah. like you're not supposed to go in because people got murdered in there that was the only real like scary bit when the woman sort of turns into a corpse yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's creepy. I don't like that. But it was not so much I was scared more as like, oh, oh that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. It was and it's definitely like I have film friends who who are like way more like I like movies as like popcorn. Like it's my entertainment. But I have friends yeah. who are like way into the, the, the art of film uh, and, and they love The Shining. And I, I guess there's. Uh, reasons for that and, and it's a kubrick fanboy thing i feel yeah. like kubrick has such like a cult following with like film school kids yeah and, and it's uh it's someone who would love to to do a, an indie film one day i i'm not that i'm still not that market because it's uh i don't know it, it just felt very dated and and yeah um watching the like i said the original halloween maybe two weeks after i watched the shining it just amazed me how much the original halloween holds up in 2018 as a film that doesn't feel dated uh save for maybe the actual quality of it like you can tell that it's yeah. it, it was filmed yeah. versus you know what what new movies look like but other than that yeah i th i think with because i watched the original halloween this year too and i think the difference was that after I like, cause I'm very sort of superstitious. Like I get freaked out really easily after watching the shining. I was fine. I could walk in my dorm room alone at two o'clock in the morning and be fine. After I watched Halloween, I remember I was at my father's house and I, my bedroom's upstairs. And when you turn all the lights <laughs> off on the bottom floor, it's dark as hell. Like it's, it's, you can't see a damn thing. Um, and I was upstairs and I can't, I had to go back downstairs at like one o'clock in the morning to get something. I think it was my headphones. Um, and I had to walk all the way back downstairs. I was the only one left awake. The entire bottom floor is dark. And I just remember booking it down the stairs, grabbing the headphones, running back up. Cause I was convinced I was going to get got by Michael Myers at one o'clock in the morning. That's how much that movie kind of got to me. And I was making fun of the movie as I was watching it. Cause that's how I cope with horror yeah. movies. But like if it if it stuck with me enough for me to be freaked out walking the bottom floor of my house that I know has a security system <laughs> on it, like if I'm that freaked out that I know it's kind of got to me mm -hmm. in a not necessarily a good way because I don't want to be scared, but 
it got to me. Yeah, it, it didn't. That didn't happen for me. Uh, but that I'm just a baby. It, well, uh, <laughs> I think there's for me. I'm saying uh, is that this movie still has like some sort of like kind of uh, fantastical element to it, where it's it's not a hundred percent believable that. After the after what happens to Michael several times in the movie, he's still getting up and standing. Uh, so yeah. he's still kind of like like that's the, I I grew up on Scream like that was like the first horror movie oh, that yeah. I watched uh, as a so I think Scream came out when I was like nine. I probably watched it when I was uh, like twelve or thirteen. So it was like my first. I I hated horror movies when I was a kid. Like like one of the, my first one of my first experiences, and this isn't a really a horror movie uh but of getting scared was uh the scene in beetlejuice when he turns oh my God. into a snake from like into the snake yeah and that like i i was five when i watched that and uh I, I i just never watched any like i still don't think i've watched a complete freddy movie i don't think i've watched a complete jason mm-hmm. movie uh and it took me uh 34 years to watch um uh the the first original halloween movie so uh yeah so, so so it was what, Scream, and I don't think I saw it in the theater because that seems like it was probably bad parenting if someone took me to see that. Um, but I did see it probably when it was on DVD uh, when I was a, was a preteen or early, early, early teenager. And like, wh- and what I respect about Halloween is that I see how that movie influenced Scream, and what makes me respect yeah. Scream even more is that. I see how it takes and pulls from Halloween, but it does not rip it off at all. And, yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. it's just entirely its own thing. And um, I, there, I, I don't know what, where my, I lost my point. Uh, Scream is a good movie. Yeah. Scream is a good movie. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I see the influence that Halloween has on it uh, was maybe my point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, it's funny you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned Beetlejuice because that's one of the kind of hallmark movies of my childhood period. Mm. I was never scared by it, I don't think, um, which is weird because it is kind of a deeply unsettling movie in some respects. Um, but it's kind of one of the movies that made me co- the kind of self-described weirdo mm-hmm. that I am, you know, because I I never thought Beetlejuice was a good person, but I always did the thing where you would like emulate him when he does like the, I've seen The Exorcist 137 mm-hmm. times, that kind of bit where he's sort of, like he's just kind of monologuing like Michael Keaton's type of like, ridiculous yeah. over-the-top monologuing like i love that and i loved lydia i mean i've loved winona Ryder my whole life i loved that and that kind of weird sort of aesthetic like the colors and the green and the black and the white and like when barbara and whatever the hell alec baldwin's name is like when they pull yeah, their yeah. faces apart yeah. that kind of when they're trying to scare the maitlands that or not the maitlands the whatever the people's names are <laughs> i'm terrible with character names but like when they do that that was sort of morbidly fascinating yeah. to me i guess as a kid i watched so much stuff i probably should not have watched at a very young age well and and to me like whatever i talk about like my first horror movie slash first like i was scared experience it's beetlejuice and people look at me like i yeah. like i'm strange and i'm like well i mean i was five and i i literally well, no i have I have plenty of friends that are just terrified of Beetlejuice. They oh, will not watch well, it. And I'm like, oh, well, not now. okay, <laughs> you're 20 years old. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I, uh, no, I, 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 that's one of my favorite films now. Like it's definitely one that like it's, and I, and I, 
probably because of Batman and be, being a Michael, like yeah. for me, Michael Keaton will always be my Batman. Oh, uh, which is great to hear someone from, from the new generation say that because most of y'all pick <laughs> Christian Bale. No. Okay. Full disclosure. I cannot stand the dark Knight movies. I really <sighs> don't like, not that they're, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I just am like, they're too dark. They're too gritty. Batman is a man that dresses up like a bat that has a thing called a batarang and you expect me to look at this skinny pasty white dude and compare him to like because I love the the kind of the kitschy ridiculousness of like the 90s 80s Batman with like Tim Burton and like the the Jack Nicholson Joker and the Drew not Drew Carey Jim Carey Riddler and uh, Danny DeVito's Penguin where it's like so over the top and such a production that I'm like cool this is gritty and weird and I don't like it. See, it's, uh, uh, hearing you say that, I don't, I instantly think, oh, this is going to, this is the type of person that enjoyed the Schumacher films because. Which ones were those? I don't remember. Was that the one with Val Kilmer? That, that was Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Uh, okay. So. I actually, I think the George Clooney one might've been my favorite because no, I really liked um, it. No, not because of Clooney, because I really love Poison Ivy. That is. I have a uh, deep, deep love for Poison Ivy and it started with that movie. No, I, but I'm like, I don't know, because they all kind of blend together in my head. Well, so I recently rewatched the first uh, three from that era because of the DC Universe app. Uh, when it launched in September, launched with all those um, original Batman titles. Well, yeah, original-ish Batman titles. And <clears throat> I, f for the longest time, have been the guy that said, uh, yeah, Batman and Batman Returns are awesome, and the other two are kind of garbage. Uh I have, I was, I didn't watch the fourth one, uh, which is, I guess, Batman and uh, Robin. Is that I Batman think. and Robin? Yeah, I think that's the George Clooney one is Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, and, and Batman, Batman Returns and Batman Forever are uh, the other three. And, and Batman Forever is often lumped in with Batman and Robin because it's a Schumacher film. It's brighter than the other two. It's a little campier. It's, it's more of a throwback almost to like the 66 Batman, but still darker than 66 Batman. Um, and rewatching that movie, I actually have like a total respect for Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne, uh, and, and like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. I still think, t uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, was just doing his impersonation of Jack Nicholson. Um, oh, yeah. but, but, but like they, I lump those two together in my head anyway. So yeah. And, and Jim, but Jim Carrey's I mean, has never been more Jim Carrey. Oh my <laughs> God. Movie. Yeah. And I actually, uh, have a total respect for, for that one. So I, I often wonder if I actually had it, I ran out of time. They, they cut it off at the end of September to, to watch those four Batman movies. But I do wonder if I sit down and watch Batman and Robin, if I would actually enjoy it. Um, because, because I actually enjoyed Batman Forever. It's clearly not a good one, uh, but it's still enjoyable and and, and whatnot. Yeah. But see, I when it comes to the Nolan movies, I actually do enjoy them, and I do like the the real worldness that they bring to it. Um, yeah. And to me, they are more in line with Burton's Batman movies yeah. than the Schumacher Batman films. Mm. Um, so like it's just funny hearing that because that to me sounds like a fan of of Val Kilmer and George Clooney versus yeah. a Michael Keaton because because I would say and this has been my uh, comparison with with Keaton and and Bale is that I feel like if you were to watch Michael Keaton in the role of Batman in Batman Begins 
The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, it would be great. If you watched Christian Bale play Batman and Batman and Batman Returns, it would be dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I lump all of those 80s and 90s Batman films together in my head. And like, again, it's my thing. I just, I don't like dark and gritty movies. And I think I, I just didn't like Christian Bale. I think the only real connection that I actually have to the Dark Knight films is I think it was... Whatever the one the football game is in, the, I think it's Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. They filmed that in Pittsburgh, which um, is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my connection with it is I remember the absolute hellscape that the city was for about three days <laughs> when they filmed there because they were they brought people into Heinz Field, which is the, the big football field in Pittsburgh, and they were filming there. And like anybody that wanted to could come and be extras. So the city was just gridlocked for like three days and that's all I remember and I was like kind of out of my mom and my aunt and my I believe my grandmother actually got stuck in traffic for like <laughs> six hours it was some ridiculous amount of time stuck in traffic because they because they were trying to go to this thing so I just hold this like resentment for Dark Knight Rises well, because of that to be fair but like we've also had like a ridiculous amount of movies filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So. Well, to be fair, uh, The Dark Knight Rises is the uh, worst of those three movies. Uh, ah, that's unsurprising yeah. considering that it was filmed in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's a slight on Pittsburgh. Roasting uh, my own hometown. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I too, uh, as a Philadelphian, can say Pittsburgh is the worst, but uh, that's yeah, not true. I, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> we, we're a we're a couple of people from opposite ends yeah. of the state. Was, uh, here, I actually do love Pittsburgh, and this is why: is I used to to wrestle, uh, like like oh, okay. like WWE style wrestling, and um, in, I started in the backyard, and we eventually went pro, and I got trained and whatnot. And and my gimmick was I was my name was Steel Tip, which I don't know <laughs> why, uh, but because of that, he was from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I love that. And, and so, especially when we went pro. Uh, I had to turn it to an 11 uh, to to as a heel, as a bad guy uh, to to insult the crowd, which w meant at the time uh, having uh, the my my hometown team for real, not ever winning a championship here in Philadelphia uh, <laughs> and then having my fake home team, uh, the, the, the Steelers be like the city of champions. Uh, and it, I had to cut I cut so many promos that was attacking Philadelphia uh, and oh. being pro Pittsburgh. But I do like I, I actually do love Pittsburgh. It is like yeah, I, I enjoy it's going out there. Yeah, it's weird because like my my mother's from Pittsburgh or the Pittsburgh area because I'm not from in the city. I'm from like an hour outside. Mm. But so my mother's from Pittsburgh and my dad lives in Pittsburgh now, but he's from Philly. He grew up in Philly. <laughs> so it's funny because my mother kind of has converted him to like a quote unquote like Pittsburgh person because mm -hmm. like he likes the penguins now and my oh, mother my, this is my favorite story she like my dad used to say water instead of water and my mother like forced him <laughs> to stop saying it like that i actually it's it's hard to believe that and i, I mean if i guess if he's a, a, a penguins fan he's a hockey fan but it's hard i don't know that's he was he's not a big hockey fan if he can easily give up on the flyers and, and well i mean i think it took from the time they got married in the mid 80s until i was born in 98 so uh uh, it's, it, 
that's still, I, I don't think there's anything that could convince me to, uh, and, and the, the same to be a, cause I am a Steelers fan, but it's not the same equivalent because they're in different conferences. The, it would, it, that would be like me moving to New York and someone saying you're a giants fan now. Uh, you know, because, cause the Eagles and giants are rivals, just like the, the flyers and, uh, penguins are. So that's wild to me. Um, you doubt my mother's like will, <laughs> you doubt it like my mom is a very struggled person but like I I mean and I can't I don't really have a say in this because I have never been a sports person mm. I do not particularly care I mean I vaguely follow the penguins sometimes you know like I've been to a couple of games with my family but largely I am I was a theater nerd growing yeah. up so I was kind of the, the the sports the football players were at one end of the lunchroom and I was yeah. with the with the geeks at the other mm. kind of end you know so i was very much a separate thing even though the rest of my family is so into sports and i'm like and my brother and i my brother's kind of an artist and an engineer and i am a writer and a like a video production person we're here like hi we're the artists the <laughs> only ones that don't play sports <laughs> let's watch your sports ball um, yes yeah, no, go I, do the touchdown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I see. It's, I I flew in this weird world of being part of like both sides of that, and then, uh, but always never like in school, never uh, being part of like the jocks because uh, mm -hmm. I never played it, uh, and I was very much a nerd uh, in school. But I always enjoy specifically football. I've always been a football fan, um, but I, I I was never I never I never sat with those guys. They were all assholes. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you had any interest in anything that wasn't sports. It was like, cool, you're weird. And now now as a 20-year-old, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm weird. What are you going to do about it? But, you know, I, and, and I don't think that's the case for high schoolers today. At least, I'm sure there's some sort of divide, but I don't think it's yeah. the same because we live in a world now where you can watch a commercial of a dude asking a girl out with an R2-D2. Yeah, uh, I think the so. the nerd jock divide is definitely... And I mean, even, even growing up for me, I don't think it was as bad as like you see it in like 80s movies. I mean, there definitely was still issues. I definitely did suffer from a lot of bullying in middle school and high school, but like now... It's like everybody's seen a Marvel movie, you mm -hmm. know, it's not, you're not special or uh, you're, or you're not a freak for, for liking comic books or you're not a freak for, for being into this weird niche thing because everybody's got their weird niche thing. Everybody's yeah. got their podcast about something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think unfortunately now bullying is more about serious matters uh, yeah, versus yeah, about you liking Spider-Man. Um, but that's, uh, that's a whole nother issue and a whole nother yeah, that's podcast. A, that's that another rock to overturn yeah. on a different day. Uh, but let's, we've uh, not talked about anything that you uh, do slash uh, whether whether professionally or or as a hobby, uh, we've just talked pop culture for the whole time. So yeah, which, uh, I mean, I'm I'm willing to do that. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I mean, so you know, and this uh, the tangents we went on. This all yeah, stuff, I don't know where that went. <laughs> I I brought up the the Arrow show. I brought up DC. The, the DC universe that brought that all up. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, uh, I I got that very specifically for. Uh, Titans um, yeah. and, and some of the original Which I have not watched yet. Uh, it's it's great. It's it's a the only thing that's I don't like about it is that it's not part of the rest of the Berlanti verse with Arrow yeah. and 
and whatnot. But that's where I think DC does succeed is in their small screen stuff. I think they, and I guess even now Marvel's finding success in that, but Mm -hmm. that's only recent. Like DC has always found success with their, you know, small screen endeavors dating back to Smallville and probably further back. Yeah. I Um, think I see my problem is I'm like, I wanted to watch Titans my, I have a bad habit of just either not because I'm like three weeks behind on Doctor Who now, yeah, but same. because I'll just start things and then not finish them. Like I, what well, the only thing I'm committed to right now because, and the only reason I'm committed to it is because a friend and I are watching it. Is I started watching Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. and we really only started watching it because Rami Malek's in it because we like I've followed him since he was in Night at the Museum when I was eight. Um, so like, I, I have a very bad habit of not committing to finishing TV shows. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll start it. And then just never, ever get around to it. Uh, well, that's why you, that, that's why you're a streaming generation. That's yes, it, I am. And that's the problem that Titans has is that it's, it's a weekly release, uh, versus, uh, everything else that you can watch on, on streaming services is usually a, at least on Netflix is it's usually all binge worthy. We had a point we were going to walk away from DC and we didn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, we can walk away now, though. I, I had to. Close. I was just like, we we said we were gonna go away, and then we came right back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's because I had to close the loop. I had to figure out the tangent. Close, that, yeah, close the loop. Uh, I feel like that's a reference to something, and I don't know what it is. Uh, it might be. I, uh, I'm not purposely making a reference to anything. I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, you. Uh, so, so writer, photographer, you. But you. So, what are you going to school for specifically? Audio, video. So I am going to school. My major is specifically mass communications. We have a communications department in general, and it, it is kind of split into two different sort of facets. You have corporate communications, which is PR and marketing, and mass communications, which is basically an umbrella term for they teach us everything. They teach us audio. They teach us video. They teach us broadcast writing. They teach us print writing. It's basically anything you need to know to be a journalist kind of a journalist or even anybody working in media kind of period in 2018. So I have taken classes like currently I'm taking a class in kind of broadcast news writing and production. So I've been making news packages and I've been writing scripts for what would go into like a live television broadcast. I took an audio production class last semester. I'm taking right now I'm taking like a research class, but so it's a lot of just, it's, it's kind of covering all the bases. So it's not specifically any one thing, which for me, I think that's a good thing because I don't exactly know what I want to do mm. yet as an adult, because I still have another, another year and a half before I, I graduate college. So it's kind of nice to know that I have kind of a hand in each of the, each of the kind of popcorn bowls to, to say the least. I think it's nice. Cause I, I'm not good at any one particular thing, <laughs> but I can do all of them, which is like, cool. I'll learn on the job and get better at it when that happens. Yeah. I, that's, uh, I mean, I, I went, I dropped out of school because of, uh, I was, I was going to school for it and I dropped out to work in it. Uh, but I actually like hate it. And, <laughs> and this is what, like, if I can make money off this, that's the dream is sitting yeah, around and talk, yeah, sitting make around money talking off about podcasting. That. Yeah, or well, very specifically, make money off uh, talking about Batman uh, is yeah. is that's the dream. But yeah, podcasting and it's it's so is that uh, is that what they're teaching now? Like in audio production, I guess partially. I think I think because I have taken actual audio production classes, like I could easily set up a professional style like podcast recording if I wanted to, because we have these facilities here. Like I'm in a library 
study room right now, but like we have a recording studio, we have a whole audio board and I've been doing radio too. So like they do teach us these things and they do say you can apply this to podcasts or, or kind of audio dramas like Big Finish and, and companies like that do, or you can do this for like radio recordings for like NPR. They teach us like my audio production taught us how to do uh, like commercials and like bits, like stories that you would hear on, on NPR radio, that kind of thing that are pre-recorded and then just played on air. That kind See, of that's, uh, that's the dream chord. Like I, I messed up going to school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I got lucky. I think I initially wanted to be a theater major. Um, my parents were like, no, because you will never, ever, ever get a job. And then I said, I wanted to do communications because I knew I was good at writing mm-hmm. and I, and I am good at writing. Um, and so my, I know one of my parents was not exactly enthusiastic about it, but I did it anyway because I knew that I was like, I'm not good at anything else. I am not particularly good at science. I am god awful at math. Um, and so like I knew that writing was my good thing and I kind of went into that and I have loved I've had rough classes, but I have loved this major since I started and I could not have picked anything else that kind of better suits me as kind of a creative person who doesn't know what the hell she wants to do. Well, I, I, that's, I think most, like most creative people uh, is they don't know uh, what they want to do, or at least I'm speaking from experience. Cause I was like 25 when I was yeah. like, Oh, you know what? I want to, I want to do a, I want to make a film. Like that's what I want to do. And then uh, I just have not acted on it because uh, yeah. casting sucks up my entire life. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like everyone that I know that's creative uh, for the most part, they either, they either knew what they wanted to do so hard. That's what they focused on. They focused on the one thing uh, or, mm-hmm. or they're like me and it's like, let me do 75 projects at once and maybe one of them will work, uh, which is, yeah, I think that's how yeah, it works. Yeah. And that, that's almost like the, I take a lot from uh, Kevin Smith. Like that's the guy that. I, mm-hmm. I kind of grew up on as far as like, hey, and I like I didn't even realize I wanted to be a filmmaker until I was 25, and I was already a fan of Kevin Smith for like at least five to ten years at that point. Uh, yeah, actually, um, I have a friend that I went to high school with that actually got to work with Kevin Smith because she goes to Ringling oh. uh, Art and Design College down in Florida, and she worked, uh, I believe, props on one of his films. So she keeps posting these pictures on on Facebook and on Instagram of of like her and her crew with him, and I'm like, I hate you so much. That is, it's probably um his uh his Killjoy movie that he's done. I think it was that, uh, yeah. which was supposed to if be a uh, it was supposed to be his Krampus movie. Uh, that he, he was going to do like a, an anthology film about Krampus. Um, and, uh, but because of all the Krampus movies that have come out uh, lately, he retooled it to Killjoy. Um, yes, I know way too much about Kevin Smith. Uh, I know nothing. So well, I, you're what? 20, 20. Yeah. So yes. I, I mean, really you should just be learning about Kevin Smith now. I, yeah, I feel like, that's where kind of all of my friends are going with like the movies that they're getting into. And I kind of veered off the other fork in the road and went to the weird kind of foreign language films. <laughs> I have watched a lot of Spanish language films in the last year and a half. Uh, yes. I, I've only uh, watched one foreign film and that is uh train to Busan. Uh, okay. Which uh, I was waiting for you to say like other things of like something I, re- I like, I know train to Busan, but like, the one that hits everybody that they're like, oh, I've seen that. It's like Ito Mama Tambien, which is this like Spanish film. Don't watch it. It's weird. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that because it's got Diego Luna in it. 
who was in Rogue One. Okay, okay. And so that's why I watched it. Gotcha. Oh my god, that was the first Spanish language film I ever watched, and it was a mistake. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a good like it's a good movie, but it's like, what am I watching? <laughs> I, I generally don't uh, watch foreign films because I'm real lazy and, and don't want to read while I'm watching. Don't read subtitles. Yeah. Uh, but someone recommended Train to Busan because it's like an incredible zombie, like unique zombie uh, film. And is that the one with um? The guy from The Walking Dead in it, seeing that. No, 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 no. He looks like the dude. Uh, okay, because I feel like every time I see the poster, it looks like him. Yeah. Or no, they were talking about doing a like an Amer- like an English language remake yes, they, with him in it. That's what I'm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know if I didn't hear that he was going to be in it, but totally makes sense because he does look like the main character that's in. Uh, okay. In, in Train to Busan. Which, like, why do we need an English language remake? Just read the subtitles. But uh, that's a whole other argument. Yeah. I, see, I, see, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me, and, and I think it's. Uh, because uh, it used to, I used to get real bothered by uh, like remakes and stuff and uh, not, not necessarily like American remakes of foreign films, but very specifically like American remakes of American films that don't need to be remade. I I mean, I, and I guess I still have an issue with it uh, to, to a degree, but I've tried to get over it. And like one of the big takeaways that I, I I've tried to really in the last few years, take away from Kevin Smith is like just this mega positive outlook on life uh which is why i will give most of anything a chance uh and at the end of the day like whether or not i like the the all-female ghostbusters movie or not i still have the one that i grew up on uh yeah it's still there it didn't disappear from my dvd shelf uh you know it's and 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 it's still as good as it was yeah uh, Yeah. back then so i try not to get bent out of that stuff i totally understand why people do because i used to do it myself yeah yeah uh, but, uh, and I actually, I honestly would love to see an American, um, uh, like remake of train, like train to Tucson or whatever, um, train to Tucson. <laughs> you know, uh, I because I, I just, I think that there's, um, I think that I just think the film and the story is so good. And as long as mm-hmm. if they, you know, kind of keep true to what they were telling in that story that story deserves to be told uh, on a grander scale than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I, I just, I loved it. I loved it a lot. And if it's, it's not like a scary zombie movie, it's just like one of those heartwarming ones. uh, I'll have to check that out. Cause I haven't, I'm not, I'm not good with zombie films cause it kind of freaked me out. But like, I've heard good things about Train to Busan. I mean, there's so many foreign films that I need to get to that I keep getting distracted by rewatching the same like <laughs> four garbage movies. I will watch movies that I'm like, I know this is not a good movie, but I am enjoying it. Like I watched um, for the first time the other day, I watched The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai <laughs> with my mom. And I was just sitting there going, I have no idea what's happening, but this is ridiculous and amazing. I've never watched that. I want to watch it simply because I... My mom was like roasting me because I kept going, what's happening? And she's like, just watch it. It's got Jeff Goldblum in it. It's fine. Wait, Jeff Goldblum is in that? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, for like, like he's barely, like he's not really a main character or anything, but he kind of like shows up my mom's like do you know who that is and i was like that's jeff goldblum why is he here <laughs> that, that see now i have a i mean i, I wanted to watch it because <laughs> kevin smith was going to be uh the showrunner of the tv version of that uh oh, yeah. but but uh 
I, I, now I have more reason to watch it because I, I now I'm glad that I've discovered that both of us have a love for Jeff Goldblum. Oh God, yeah. Uh, that goes back to me being like four years old and loving Jurassic Park. I have Life Finds a Way tattooed on my side. That's all. See, I, I'm a Jurassic Park fan. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a t- get a tattooed on my body fan of Jurassic Park. Oh but. yeah. They, I mean, for me, Jurassic Park is one of like Beetlejuice is definitely like a seminal movie yeah. for me. Oh, like sure. I grew up, I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid. And so that was my, mm-hmm. my movie. And I got life finds a way as like a sort of ph- philosophical yeah. thing or whatever as well. But I think I just grew up really loving it and really loving dinosaurs. And fun fact, Jeff Goldblum is the first celebrity crush I ever <laughs> remember having. So. Oh my God. It's so weird uh, to, and no, not because that's my first celebrity crush too, but <laughs> It's just it's, uh, uh, weird because like the generational difference and in, in, in that like mine, I distinctly remember my first celebrity crush being uh, like Prin- uh, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Uh, okay, that's that's very fair. Uh, which is <laughs> a very fair which is, one. Which is weird because really like that's that movie is from just a slightly older generation than myself. Uh, yeah. Like, I. I and we kind of discussed this off air uh, numerous times, but like we are similar with with Star Wars in the sense like I grew up in between the the like the the shitty prequels and and the 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 original trilogy. And you kind of like as the the prequels were were ending, right? Or or are you officially in between? Yeah, I think I was born what like so episode one came out in ninety nine. Okay, I think so. I think I was a year old when that came out. So like. I, growing up, I was kind of in the the generation where Star Wars was, like, the big thing again. Because I know Episode 3 came mm. out in, like, 2005, so I was about 7, mm. and my brother was about 4. And so, like, we had the pla- – like, you could readily buy, like, plastic lightsabers, mm. and so we had those around the house. And, like, I, ne- I didn't watch a single Star Wars movie until I was 17, but, like, I knew who Princess Leia was. Mm. I knew Jabba the Hutt. I knew Chewbacca. Like, I knew all the characters, and I knew Luke, I am your father. You know those – or Luke, I am your f- – Luke – no, no, I am your father. That's the actual line. Um, but like, I knew all of that. And so I, I kind of grew up knowing it, but not really watching it. But I idolized Princess Leia because I was like, I like her. Yeah. Because I was like, because I knew the get like into the garbage chute flyboy. Mm. That was like the one scene I'd seen. So I like kind of grew up idolizing her. But yeah, I grew up kind of in a weird sort of in between time and then when they announced the new star wars everybody was like oh my god and i was like oh wait no i've never actually watched star wars holy shit (laughs) i'm a garbage person no uh (laughs) no yeah that was i i I think i the order that i watched them in actually was like the first 45 minutes of four about 10 minutes before we left for the movie theater to see seven and then seven one two three rest of four five six Rogue One Eight. Wow. That's not even like a. That's not even like the the good machete order. Uh, it's not, and I don't care. <laughs> that's a weird order. Like, I watched the prequels first because I was in love with Ewan McGregor in high school. And, and I'll say, like, so. as much as and, and I do not give those movies a fair chance either because I have not gone back to rewatch them. And I stand by the fact that I will hate Episode One. There's nothing I think. And, and here's here's why. Uh, Topher Grace put it best. I think it was Topher Grace. Uh, somebody put it best is is anything important that happens in that first movie is repeated in episode two. Uh, so everything else is bullshit in that movie. It's just all I remember from that movie is the pod racing and and, uh, you know, not important. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I like no wait. 
No, I don't even remember. That. I remember like Amidala's outfit, and that's it. That's all I remember I, from the prequels is her outfits, because that's all that matters. I, all I remember from the prequels <laughs> is kind of liking the third one because it was a little darker, and and we got Darth Vader. Uh, is, but but ultimately, I, I need to go back and rewatch them because I should give them a fair shot, especially in like a in a post world where Kev is Mister Positivity for everything. Yeah, uh, I think for me. I am very much, I, I will definitely watch movies where I'm like, I know this is garbage, but I still love it. And I think that's where I, I am with the prequels where I'm like, mm. it doesn't have to be a good movie. It's just two hours of me. There's there's lightsabers. That's all I care about. Well, well, and for a whole generation of kids that was, you know, probably right before you uh, and yeah. after me, that, that's what who those movies are for. Like there's a bunch of kids who grew up saying my trilogy is episodes one through three fuck your original trilogy they're garbage <laughs> uh and and uh you know it, that's uh, every these are movies for kids it's it's space yeah. wars you know so like yeah exactly it is a space opera yeah. uh but it is uh I, see i i don't know i love it all i, I, I yeah i think yeah i think me too i think there's not i mean if i had to pick a favorite it's probably rogue one but like i just i love the star wars kind of canon as a whole which is also mm-hmm. a thing that i get when like which is why I also am kind of like perturbed when people do the what like what do you like more Star Wars or Star Trek and people get into arguments about it because I'm like I had plastic lightsabers when I was a child but I also had a tiny ornament on my Christmas tree that was the USS Enterprise that played the Star Trek theme song and I loved both of them equally yeah where it's I, like because I'm in such an in-between generation where yeah. both of them were relevant you know well, that it's like why do I have to pick one and and I'm from that same well, not that same generation I'm from a similar generation where I there only Star Wars that existed when I was a kid was uh was the original trilogy and the christmas special uh and or holiday special and uh and then there was like star trek the new the the next generation um and i you know when, when i talk you know those two franchises i am very much a star wars person because that's just what i prefer i don't i actually am not a huge fan of star trek but that's not because like oh i'm a star wars fan it's because i just never got into it like i'm actually a pretty bad geek slash sci-fi nerd because i i'm not like so as much as i love star wars and whatnot like my my trilogy the movies that i watched and wore out as a kid was the back to the future films oh my Uh, god yes absolutely there was a summer that went by where I would on Monday watch the first one, on Tuesday watch the second one, on Wednesday watch the third one, and then Thursday I would repeat that order. Uh, and just I watched them every day. And, and it's amazing that I don't have anything memorized from those movies, probably That's because insane. I took chair shots to the head uh, as a teenager. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> I, I those movies were that like that and Indiana Jones are my trilogies. Versus yeah, I think. Star yeah, I, def- I grew up with those too. I think I yeah, I, I don't think I ever had like one Jurassic Park was like my thing that I was obsessed with, but I very much was exposed to like all of the eighties movies. Mm-hmm. Um Back to the Future was definitely like a big one, I think, because I was I'm like time travel has definitely been a thing that I've always been obsessed with. And like yeah. Indiana Jones too, I think, because I always liked the the sort of explorer adventure yeah. type of vibe. Like my friends that I will get in arguments as to my female friends and I will get in arguments as to which is the most attractive version of Harrison Ford. And I will, it is a hill that I will die on that Indiana Jones is the answer to that question. Okay. Well, what are the options? It's like, well, the argument that I remember getting into with my mom, my best friend, my brother, and my 
yeah, my mom, my best friend, and my brother in Disney World was uh, it was like Star Wars, Indiana Jones. My mom brought up Air Force One for some reason, <laughs> and like, okay. I don't know why my mom brought up Air Force One, first but all, she did. But it was like I, those, like that Blade Runner, Indy, and Star Wars. I feel like Blade Runner is that's off right away. I actually uh, very much uh, like. I've heard the Air Force One uh, uh, thing mom, before. My mom, that's the uh, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the older generation version I, of it. I want to say we did. Um, I did a live show uh, in New York uh, the weekend of New York Comic Con, like uh, two years ago in 2016. Um, and we uh, we had. Uh, I think you actually. I don't know. I don't know how you know her, but I think you uh, you saw her at Wizard World. But Rachel uh, uh, Leishman, Leishman? Leishman, yeah, 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 yeah. She, she was a guest for our live show up in New York, uh, and I think she's the one that told me about like her obsession with Harrison Ford because of Air Force One. Yeah, she has a whole <laughs> podcast about Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is fantastic, um, but. Uh, so I can see why he's why that version of Harrison Ford is in the running because uh, that was actually that's probably one of my uh, favorite like non franchise Harrison Ford movies um, is is Air Force One but uh, I would also have to nix that from the list uh, but probably not I would probably nix Han Solo first yeah yeah I feel uh, like he's just like I don't I don't know he just is uh, not like it's the hair I feel like. <laughs> the weird 70s mullet that every dude had but i i see i like that character like that's the character that i would like so uh, talking like star wars canon and just loving loving that i also love a lot of the non-canon stuff very specifically the unofficial um there's this podcast called campaign which is a uh long form actual play role-playing um podcast so like D&D, but for star wars well it started off as, and now it's they're doing an, another story uh that has nothing to do with star wars but ah. the, the first uh several years of it is takes place in the star wars universe five years i think no i i think uh the the skywalker kids are five so luke and leia are five years old uh so it takes place i guess like right after i guess it takes place five years after revenge of the sith uh if my math is correct and um it's just like this lovable goofball uh group of people that live in the star wars universe that somehow end up with the plans for the murder ball and 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 it's just high it's and what to their credit there are a bunch of like chicago improvers uh too so that's why it's it's i think if you uh if you can listen to actual play podcasts it's one of the best out there uh and if you like star wars like it is very specifically one of my my loves of of like non-star wars uh canon canon because it's or i guess star wars like whatever it's star wars it feels like star wars uh and it's you know it's something that i listened to when i was going through uh losing my uncle uh to cancer a couple years ago and listening to that like was like the hour of uh like smiling and and laughing and still kept me thinking of my uncle because he's the one that i first watched star wars with Mm -hmm. uh so but it's so it's just so funny and like if you can 
I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Star Wars, even if you don't like D&D, yeah. uh, you'll love this, I think. Uh, that's like always my recommendation for like people that are looking for a new podcast. Like mm-hmm. don't listen to this garbage show of, uh, that I do. <laughs> listen to Campaign. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have like, I've gotten so many recommendations for those like actual play like I get a lot of recommendations recommendations for like the adventure zone, that kind of thing. So I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like Star Wars, I'm more apt to get into listening to that because I'm like, cool, I know the universe of this yeah. and I can sort of absorb things. I only pay attention to select things about Star Wars, but like I know enough. And, and, and honestly, like th- that show is there's only one person on it, I think, maybe two that are like super Star Wars nerds. Uh, the other three people uh, or, or t- two or three people are like just fans of the movies and know like they just know enough to be dangerous. And uh, it's no, just, it's, to be dangerous. it's just, it's, it's so much fun. The one guy plays this character called Trist Valentine uh, and he's like, he's like the, the, I don't know if idiotic version of Han Solo makes sense, but he's like the, he's like the Han Solo of the group. And he's just like, just so lovable and goofy and like silly and kind of like, like just, he's kind of like, uh, uh, Captain Jack Harkness, but like oh an asshole, but like an asshole. Like an asshole. <laughs> Isn't Harkness already an asshole? Yeah, but this is a day. Di- <laughs> like I, more I, of an asshole. Yeah, I know. I highly recommend, like, I, I, you won't stop laughing. I think there's just so, so much to love about that show. That sounds uh, fantastic. But now that you've brought up Jack Harkness, I'm having like war flashbacks to watching Torchwood. <laughs> like, uh, well, cause nobody's so, talked to me about like Harkness in like, even in like a doctor who context in years. And I was obsessed with Torchwood in high school. Yeah, that was yeah. my thing in the ninth grade. I should not have been watching Torchwood in the ninth grade. I was mm. 13. It was a terrible choice. Did I still watch it? Yes. Do I still watch it now? Also, yes. Is it great? No. Do I still oh, see, love it? Yes. I think I, I loved Torchwood and and I love that character. Like, I think the biggest mistake that Doctor Who has done since, I guess, the, the Matt Smith era is is not bring him back ever. Like, I feel like it's just because John Barrowman is so busy because he's on what, like Arrow uh, now and he's doing he's doing he, some reality show right now. Yeah, he but he's 100 percent said like, uh, yeah, guys, let's do Torchwood. Like, let's 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 he wants to go back. I know he, he does uh, do it in a heartbeat. Big finish productions is like the the audio production company that does like like audio dramas they they do kind of radio plays and he's done a bunch for them for torchwood which are really good if you haven't listened to big finish go check them out you can get really really great stories and it's like listening to a podcast but like with an actual story and like it's like watching tv and not looking at the screen it's great Um, (laughs) but yeah he's done a bunch for that and i i like I bought between listening to the eighth doctor ones because I'm a garbage baby and that's the doctor I like best and, uh, and Torchwood and they're really, really good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love, and like, I, for me, I, I feel like it's still so unfinished, like explaining how he becomes the face of Bo. Like it's like, I feel like it's just intentional ambiguity at this point. It's like, you're never going to find yeah. out, like write all the fan fiction you want. We're never going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, Oh God, like, I'm talking about it now. Like I just want to go back and, and re- start rewatching the, like the 10th doctor era of doctor Ooh, who I have not watched uh, that in ages. 
months. I'm three weeks behind on Jody's stuff right now. Yeah, I, I think I'm two weeks behind, and I'm, and that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to catch up because I got packs unplugged this weekend. But yep. uh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's hard to keep up with everything. But it is. Uh, yeah, Doctor Who is like Doctor Who is one of those shows where it took me forever to get on board with it. Like I had my friends are are huge fans of it from uh, they used to be in this band called Robots and Race Cars, and they told me to watch it and I and I started watching it on on I guess Netflix with uh, with I guess Rose was the first one from the mm-hmm. rebooted series, and I, I turned it off halfway through. I was like, ah, this is garbage. Yeah, Rose I is can't. not a good episode. I, I do like that episode and I do have a lot of fun watching it. It just took me three times to, to finally get into it. And yeah. then um, I still like, for the longest time, I would say uh, Chris Eccleston was my favorite doctor. We just didn't get enough of him, but I eventually had to give that up for, uh, for David Tennant because yeah. David, David Tennant is just a, this awesome. And it took me a while to get on board with Matt Smith. And then Peter Capaldi was, uh, I really liked, and uh, I really like Jody. I think she I, does a great. Yeah. I love Jody. I started with, my mom tossed me because my, my stepfather's British. So he got my mom to start watching it when they were dating. And then my mom kind of tossed me directly in the middle. She didn't start me with nine. She started me with blink, which is the weeping angel episode from, from the 10th oh, doctor era. That was my yeah. first one. And then we kind of just jumped around and we would pick the ones that sounded the most interesting. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of how I got into it. So I kind of never really got attached to one doctor gotcha. per se. And yeah. then I started watching Matt Smith and that was kind of where I started watching it linearly. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been, a, it was, I was really, really into it in high school. And then like the community is garbage. So I fell out of it for a long time. And then I got back into it, kind of started watching it when my family was watching it, like when Capaldi was a thing. And then my best friend, Katie really got me back into it because she loves the eighth doctor who is Paul McGann, who mm-hmm. only got one really shitty TV movie, um, but does all these wonderful audio plays for, for big finish. And so that's kind of where I really got dragged back under was listening to those audio plays and really remembering why I liked the character so much and why I kind of liked the weird whimsicalness of, of this mm-hmm. dude or this person now, because yeah. gender is a yeah. gender is a construct um, that can just <laughs> drag people across kind of time and space and do whatever and that i definitely get a lot of that in jody i get a lot of the whimsicalness of just like we can do whatever we want let's just do it and help people in the process and i get a lot of that from her and i think that's why i like her and i'm sad like usually when i get behind on a tv show i'm like i'll catch up later but i'm like genuinely upset that i have not been able to watch her stuff because i'm like you're good at this i like you i am actively invested in your character i have not been actively invested in a character since i watched david Tennant regenerate years Mm -hmm. ago you know so Mm -hmm. it's exciting that i'm excited again yeah yeah. No, I, I feel the same way uh, with, with Jody. I it, It's just having to, uh, I watch too much. I watch too much. And then I also same. have to like catch up on everything that I want to do creatively as well uh, and whatnot. Um, so uh, we, we deviated again. Yeah, we did. Uh, we, we, that's what this whole podcast <laughs> is going to be. It's just one big well, deviation. To be fair, that's like the elevator pitch of this show is like, well, it's long form conversation. We talk about your thing, but we're probably going to talk about Batman and Doctor Who. Always uh, Batman. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I won't. <laughs> I, that's a hill I'll die on. Fair, uh, fair. Batman is, to me, it's it's funny. I And I think this still stands true uh, today, uh, but like... I, I sat down one day and thought about, and I may have even wrote a, a blog piece years ago on this, but 
I feel like there's like several, and, and this is from, I, I should say the male perspective. Uh, there's several heroes. I think that like you can identify, identify with uh, when, when you're growing up, like as a kid, the, the first hero I, I loved was, uh, was Wolverine. Like he was the guy I was obsessed with oh, yeah. because like he's cool and he's like bad, but like he's good. And, and then it's, uh, then it's Spider-Man, but oh, you know, you know, no, I've reversed that. I'm sorry. It's Spider-Man first because like he's a kid, I'm a kid and you know, it's, it's, he's innocent. Like he's actually a good guy. And then you get to Wolverine when you're like a teenager because you want to rebel and whatnot. Uh, and that's kind of feels like Wolverine. Uh, then it gets to uh, like, at, for me at least uh, as a young uh, late teenager, young adult, it gets to Captain America because like, you know, it go America, team America. Uh, and then if it ends up with Batman because Batman is the best. <laughs> uh, and, and I can be Batman. I can't be Spider-Man. I can't, if I get bit by a radioactive you spider, I'm going to die. try to be Spider-Man. <laughs> but you'll you die from web shooters. That's possible. But not, I, trust me, there was a time where I did a lot of research on how you make uh, <laughs> spider webbing. And it's just not possible uh, yeah. to make that kind of spider webbing. I think... Uh, it's funny that you mention all of those because as a kid, Wolverine, Spider, like X-Men in general, Spider-Man and Captain America were like the movies that were coming out when I was little. So those definitely had a big influence on me. Like the first Spider-Man that was my Spider-Man was Tobey Maguire. That was because those and my brother for years was obsessed with Spider-Man. I'm talking had the comforter, had the the (laughs) wallpaper, had this little clock that looked like the top of a building that had Spider-Man sitting on top of it. And if you pressed a button, it played that old like Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It would play that. We still have that. He was obsessed. So Spider-Man was definitely one of the central sort of superheroes that I grew up loving and X-Men as well, because X-Men came out when I was, the first X-Men came out out when I was two and my mother is in love with Hugh Jackman. So (laughs) we watched those growing up and those became uh, a big part of kind of influencing me as a kid. I don't think I so much like Wolverine. I wanted to be Mystique because I thought she was a badass. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and continues to be in like, I feel like definitely more so, I think, in like this new era of X-Men movies because she gets more screen time. I don't like uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and it makes me sad uh, that that's who's playing Mystique. Not that she's a bad actress. I'm just like, oh, I'm sad. You could have picked somebody better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I usually don't have a lot of opinion because it's... Not that I, I, I don't. Her, but... I, I don't necessarily like, I like the newer X-Men movies, but they're not my X-Men. Like I like very specifically uh, remember going to the theater, riding my bike like a mile and a half to the theater. And it, to this day is probably the X, the original X-Men movie is probably the only movie I've seen in theater 10 to 15 times. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, and my record is five. To, to be fair, movies were like three dollars back then. Yeah, uh, maybe four. So like it was actually economical to do, and and uh, now I can do it because of a list. But uh, you know, it's still I don't see it. at most I'll see a movie maybe two or three times because I fall asleep at ten forty five at night in the middle of a movie uh, because I'm an old old man. Same. I uh, yeah, it's twelve well, fifteen right now, and I am. This is the latest I've been up doing things in like months because I'm an old woman on the inside. 
<laughs> well, and I, I know we do have to wrap soon so that you don't get kicked out. I mean, uh, I have 45 more minutes. We're fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have, I have okay. till one. I want to get out of here like 1250 so that I can get, because I'm on the top floor of the building, uh, so that I can get uh, down the stairs and out okay. the door before they lock it. But I'm sure they'll come okay. around and be like, get out of here. I don't care what, what you're doing. What are you doing? Are you doing a podcast in the library? I mean, uh, I'm in like the one silent kind of because this is like soundproofed because my oh. roommate has to get up in about seven hours for her student teaching placement. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the library. I, so. uh, I recently found out as someone who's been like, not like putting off video production, because like, I don't have anywhere to do it. Uh, that our local library has a uh, what they call a one button studio where I don't. Oh, we have one of those in the basement. <laughs> uh, so, so okay, tell me what is I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be the same thing, but what is a one button studio? Like, how big is it? I I have never been in the one oh, okay. here because we have the production studios oh, in man. um in our my com department in in our building. But I believe what it is is that it's very easy to use. It's like the equipment is already set up. Yeah. I believe that's how it is. I'm not sure because I was like, I'm just the one that has to friggin' one man jury rig an entire video shoot by myself yeah. for projects anyway. So I'm like, I don't even need to use that because I know how to use the big cameras. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that I discovered and it's more so for the the use of the green screen because like, yeah, I can hook up my my phone and record, you know, 4K video with that if I really want nice video uh, and then I can figure I, I can get my I have the audio equipment to to record nice audio with my my shotgun mic and whatnot uh so i can do all that if i really wanted to it's the idea of doing something a little bit more um uh, like produced with a green screen yeah. that i don't have the ability to do and uh so i found it today because you know, doing something for my day job I, I somehow ended up uh down the rabbit hole of the the county's library website and i was like wait, one button studio, what is this? Uh, and 100% me and my uh, business partner are going to go check that out so that we can Absolutely. start doing stupid stuff for YouTube. Uh, in addition to the stupid stuff I do for podcasting. Uh, That's, that makes sense. And just one more makes thing to, to add to the list of things that we'll never get. Of done, course, but, of course. Uh, never, never stop yes, going. Yes. Um, so uh, uh, let's see, where do we leave off with you before Dr. Who and time travel? Literally, uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> you're so so don't know your mass communication major don't know what you're doing but you are um you do photography as well so I do, and and you yes. kind of lump that together with at least for when you do press with your writing yes, uh, correct. and so is wizard world the only um uh, to kind of bring it full circle uh is wizard world yeah. the only event you've done press at uh, yes, as of as of now, because there are not a lot of cons in my area that mm -hmm. um, that offer press um, because I, I have Steel City Con, which is the local one in Pittsburgh, but they don't offer press because they already have their kind of permanent press people. And I don't have the money or the funds to really travel. I went to Long Island Geek Con a couple of weeks ago, but I just went as a as kind of an attendee, you know, and I, I did that, but like, there's not many places that I can go easily as a college student who doesn't have a ton of money. Like I can't go to like dragon con in Atlanta because I can't afford a hotel, 
you know, like, so I can't apply to press for a lot of these things. Whereas like the other people that work at Temple of Geek go to a lot of concert press because there's a ton in California. But when you live in a tiny little college town outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania, there's not really that many places. So yeah, Wizard World's the only serious one I've ever done. And I think it was, it was kind of, they, it was kind of just like getting launched out of the fire pan, out of the frying pan and directly into the fire, which I think was a good thing because it was like, I know how to do nothing, but now I kind of know how this works and I know what a press pit is and I know what permissions I have and what I don't. And it's kind of, and I feel like that's just kind of how media works in general is that they can teach you enough. They can teach you a lot in the, in the classroom. They can teach you associated press style. They can teach you how to edit a video, but you're not really going to learn, learn until you're in the fire Mm. and you have a deadline. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's funny because this is literally coming full circle because I remember I went on some tangent about Keystone and then, and, and then we, I didn't ever, I never finished that thought. Cause like Keystone there, like I, I went upstairs to the press room uh, which was a very awkward one, very small room with a bunch of people sitting at a table. And it, it, I literally did that, like that gif of Homer Simpson backing out into the, yep. the bush. In I, the bushes. Yep. I walked, cause I walked up there and then I saw how awkward it was. And I was like, Oh, there's my phone not ringing. Let me call my phone. Just back away. <laughs> uh, and it was incredibly awkward. Uh, and I didn't like it. Like none of the panels that I ever feel like there was like a friendly press area that I could go to, to get good audio. Yeah. Uh, I feel like because Keystone was so – that was, like, the first year they were doing yes. it, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's, like, press is the last thing you figure out because mm-hmm. it's, like, these are a bunch of people coming from the outside. They are they are outsiders. We don't like them because people tend to shy away from journalism or journalists. That, to, journalism, that's a word. To be that's fair. That's totally a word. To be fair, Tell though. Tell I've been up since 7 o'clock this morning. <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, these people are also the same people that put on New York Comic Con. So, oh, my God. Are you see- oh, Jesus. Yeah, Read Pop. They do a lot of cons. At, they do New York. They do now Keystone. And they also have a hand in Pax Unplugged that's happening tomorrow in the Philly area. Oh, wow. Um, which is, like, so I'm also doing press for Pax Unplugged. And, like, this is the first, like, Keystone, I got a couple emails. Uh, what, like, one of the most exciting things to come from Keystone is, uh, is uh, someone that we've mentioned tonight. I don't want to announce it yet because it has not happened yet. It had to be rescheduled and we it, there's just no date yet. So I don't want to officially announce it. But someone that we've mentioned tonight uh, through Keystone got me, I got hooked up with an interview with uh, for like a quick 20 minute phoner. And I was a big deal for me at least. Uh, and uh, so so I'm hoping to make that still happen. But like very specifically with this, this PAX Unplugged, like I've never gotten so many emails in my life about something and i literally got press passes yeah i'm gonna write a blog about it but like i just want to go play games <laughs> like yeah I, yeah really that was kind of my experience with wizard world was like i'm doing press but i had they had like tog has such like kind of minimal press expectations that i was like so i'm just going to shop and stare at celebrities <laughs> all weekend like i didn't really have like it didn't really feel like a job like it's yeah. so funny if you like and i because i didn't do interviews or anything because i was a tiny nervous child who was afraid to try to email people to set up interviews but um so like pretty much the only thing I really like the proudest thing that I have out of that is if you look at like my Instagram for my photography it's like normal people cosplay photography con photography and then just like six or so photos of Sebastian Stan's face that I'm very proud of yeah yeah. and that was my accomplishment because I remember I went into his panel and I was sitting kind of towards the back of the room actually with people that I had met because I didn't know the press pit was a thing Mm -hmm. and I was sitting 
there and then I saw kind of photographers sort of walking towards the front. And I just went, I'm going to, I'm going to go see what they're, and I just yeeted myself up to the front. And I was like, there's a press pit here. I can be here. I was so excited. And I was like laying on the, I was on my stomach on the floor Yeah. and that's... I was just so excited that that was a thing. And so those photos are definitely kind of a milestone for me. I mean, I could go back and like re-edit those and make them look much better now because in the six months since Wizard World, I've gotten much better, but it's just that was my milestone for me. Was like these are my first ever press pit photos. Oh my god! Yeah, I uh, see the whole floor, and and it's probably because I'm not like I have no desire to to do the photo part of it. Uh, yeah. Like I just want to a sit there and enjoy it, and then and then write about it, and then never post it because I'm a garbage human, like I did with. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I have thousands of photos, literally thousands of photos from Wizard World that I haven't even edited because mm. I'm just like because I went to Wizard World and then I immediately went to Ireland. Yes, yes. So I have about ten thousand photos that are just sitting unedited because I did not have the time to do all of them. Uh, yeah, now that's uh, I literally have like so many drafted uh, posts about like uh, here's this panel I did and and whatnot. So I'm trying to attack it very differently for Packs Unplugged so that I can make it manageable and just write about the day and then if I, and then I'm trying to record a lot while I'm there so that I can actually uh, just post it as a podcast because that's much much easier than sitting down and writing words like an adult yeah. human. Like uh, an adult human. Yeah, uh, that's so, a mood. Uh, yeah. Oh god. Uh, is that that thing that we was that the phrase we were like? You have no idea what yeah, that means. Was yeah, when I said yeah, big mood. Yeah, and I see it all the time now, and I still am like I I don't like, like I can never say it because I don't know I will okay. never use it in the right context. The best way I can explain it is that when you like somebody says something that you really like kind of understand and you're like, I know how you feel. Like I, I feel the exact same way. It's like big mood. And I like, that's the only way I can explain it. And like, because for me, I learn slang kind of through context clues. So I don't really ever know what it actually means. But see, and it, you're, you are the first person to ever kind of, when I use a slang phrase, be like, I have no idea what the hell that means other than my mom, who I taught to dab uh -huh. a couple of weeks ago. Okay, well, now posting me in the same group as a, a, a parental unit of my guests. I'm not putting you is, in the same group as a parental unit. I'm just saying that you are like the I mean, only person that like I've had relatively like, like, because that kind of I tie slang into like my other interests with like kind of the, the nerdy stuff and the stuff I see on Twitter. So I'm like, you're the first person that I've interacted with it like has a hand in all of that that just doesn't know what that means. No. Well, now, now, to be fair, I am a parental unit, but I also am I like, am a <laughs> I also don't let myself in with other parental units because to me, other parental units are like in their 50s and 60s uh, yep. Yep. and I understand things more than them. But I, I, I like everything you just said about being mood or whatever to me is, <laughs> to me is like, so like if someone says something, I'd be like, oh yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like that's the much clearer your way to yeah, say it's just big mood. my gen z ass being like big mood because it's easier to type <laughs> i sweat like i have a friend like my bet one of my best friends is only a couple years younger than you and we scream that at each other all the time <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I, I literally can never use that phrase because a, I don't, I, I already screwed it up once in, in the last five <laughs> minutes and B, like, I would not use it. Like in, I would use it incorrectly all the time. Uh, I mean, but it's okay. Just this, fake it till you make it, man. This, this world is no longer for me. Like literally in, in, uh, let's see, it's in, uh, in, on July 13th, I'll, I will uh, be 35. Uh, so while I'll be eligible to run for president, I will no longer belong to 
into this world as far as entertainment, like pop <laughs> culture. Really like, yeah, they, they just don't care about it. like TV and pop culture don't care about me when I hit 35. Uh, Fair. I have to go watch CNN and listen to NPR and. Uh, God, I hate NPR so much. <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, I, my, my, I, a lot of people think I'm joking and I, I am, but I, my 100% when when i turn 35 my big thing my my uh big mood i guess is going to be uh just doing mock uh just making a mockery out of uh the pres- presidency uh it, it, more than it is now by saying that i'm running for president because anyone yes. can do it obviously so yes uh, i i i just you didn't use big mood right there <laughs> that that was not the right context to use it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't See, mean to call you out. I'm just. No, 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 no. I, I fully expected it to be incorrect. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So oh the, I don't. Yeah, I, I. But I'm officially at that age where like I just can't. And no, like, yeah, I get it. Uh, I um, I just don't get, and not so much your generation because I guess we're not that far off. But no, your yeah. generation, <laughs> and and like my kids' generation and my nephew's generation. Like my nephew's eleven, and he fucking I don't know. I don't. I'm ready to okay, the up. one thing I don't get is the Fortnite dancing. Like I can't do it, so it frustrates me. You listen, Ted dancing can floss. All right. I can't figure out how. To, I'm like trying to do it as I sit here in my chair. Uh, see, I can't do it. No, I, I I can't, and I won't. I just that's something I that. No, I I won't even try to pretend. I will stick with like my my, my generation's flossing is the macarena, and I. Uh, I think mine is like the cupid shuffle is it not dabbing is that well okay i dab but like i started doing it ironically and my friend like i only started doing it kind of seriously because i did a photo shoot with my friend robin who um she did a photo shoot as harrison dula from star wars rebels Mm -hmm. and i got this beautiful like actually really beautiful picture of her but it's her dabbing (laughs) and then i started to do it and now i just do it all the time no, yeah, I, I, the first, I saw, I think it was my nephew. He did a dab. I'm like, what are you doing? And uh, he said, I'm dabbing. I said, Jesus Christ, dude, come on, you're <laughs> knock the fuck. Like, I, uh, <laughs> I'm very, I get, I, 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 not angry. I get jokingly angry with him about all this stupid, stupid uh, things. It's like that- the, it's the Vine kind of generation humor. Yeah. Because I, have you ever seen the? Because the one that I quote all the time, the like Vine that I quote all the time, is the one that like if you see a road work ahead sign, you just look at everybody else in the car and go, Yeah, I sure hope it does. My uh, mom doesn't understand that and she hates it. Well, and my brother and I, anytime we see a construction sign in the car, we'll scream that at the top of our lungs. And she's like, What kind of children did I produce? Like, what did I raise? Uh, well, I can say I never, I, I never got on board with Vine. Oh, um, that's like the definition of my humor. Half of my humor is quoting Vine. I, uh, just probably where big mood came from. Jesus. Uh, yeah, for me, like <laughs> social media kind of en- like ended with Twitter and Instagram. Like anything beyond that, uh, is, is where I don't, uh, even pretend to understand like Pinterest, no clue, Snapchat, don't get it. Uh, and that's like, that was officially when I realized I became like, like an old man because I, I am, I, I work in it. So I do know technology, yeah. but uh, I very much am now as part of the love of my life where there is technology that literally scares me because I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't understand Snapchat. Never will. I uh, don't get it. At I just all. use Snapchat to send people pictures of like my cats. It's <laughs> all I use. Uh, <laughs> And like, I have one snap streak with one person. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Don't care for it. Uh, we'll never have it. Uh, I will stick with my Twitter and my 280 characters. Uh, yeah. And, now that we have more than 140, I'm like, cool. I can rant about more things. Yeah. Oh God. Well, and now that that's a good thing for everybody because <laughs> president, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. <laughs> where else are we going to like, I just, I, I just think it's, and I don't, well, this is, uh, the last political thing I'll say uh, is, uh, well, at least tonight, is uh, that like we live in a world where like I get emails from Deadline about the president's tweet storm. Like, I I just don't understand like how that's the norm now. Like, we yeah, have, it's we've we've come this we've come this far with technology, but we've also come this far with <laughs> stupidity, uh, and that is all I will say on that. It, and like I used to, I watched the movie Idiocracy. Oh my god, I had to watch that for a class like two years ago. Because that's the you had to watch it as a documentary. No, I had to watch it for a creative writing class. Because <laughs> uh, I watched it years ago and I was like, this movie's stupid. And then like 2016 happened, I said, oh my god, it predicted the future. It was a documentary. Uh, I, yeah, I just all right. Well, let's now we have to find a different note to end. Yeah, now on we have to. Yeah, now we have to end this differently. Oh. We were doing okay. so good with you not understanding millennials. I don't. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> I am a millennial. Uh, well, see, and this, I have a thing with generations. I don't know why because it doesn't mean anything. But I am, like, on paper, like, I'm a millennial, which doesn't make sense because millennials are, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand anything they do. Like, I, I, I but there is this nice little cushion that someone created for me, not for me, like just for my generation of Xennials where we're like, we're not quite Gen Xers, but we're not quite millennials. We're like right yeah. in the middle. Uh, and, and I'm happy that I have a home there because it was such a hang up for me. Cause I was like, I don't, I'm not a Gen Xer because like I, I, I grew up on technology. I did grow up with computers, but I'm also not a millennial because like I, I just don't feel like one. Like I, I'm scared of Snapchat. You know? I'm scared so, of Snapchat. <laughs> I, millennials are not. Uh, but yeah, there is, a, a, I don't know. So there's like two other generations I heard of the, I guess, generation Z yeah, and then Gen the Z I generation. It. Yeah. It's like Gen Z or I gen. I'm kind of like at the very, very, very beginning of, of whatever Gen Z. All I know is that I'm like, I grew up with VHS tapes, but I also know how to use yeet in a sentence. So I don't know where oh, I fall. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, definitely I don't fall in the Yeet generation. Uh, I fall in the VHS generation. Like if that's the, if that's the two, if that's the binary. I feel like if we ever record again, I'm just going to purposefully use a lot of these just ridiculous slang terms to throw you I, 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 Now I've heard Yeet somewhere before, but definitely. It, it, I, I use that as a verb. Uh, yeah. I, it's like, I feel like I'm like John Mulaney with like the street smarts bit where he's like, got to throw him off his rhythm. Like that's what I feel I, like right I'm now. I'm almost positive. Like if I were to go to dictionary.com, he would not be in there as a verb. It wouldn't, but it would be on urban dictionary. Oh, cool. probably. Urban dictionary. I'm actually going to look it up on urban dictionary. See if there's a definition. I, everything has a definition on urban dictionary. I'm afraid and of urban dictionary, but I'm going to do it. Dictionary anyway. is the dark uh, web of dictionary. It is. It's, I haven't looked at it in years again, because like, I guess I'm an adult now. <laughs> like I'm an adult. Uh, now. Like, I guess I don't go. Yeah, I, I used to go to there all the time to frequent just the craziness of, uh, uh, you know, words. And though, you know what? 
this is how far we've come in. in this. I'm pretty sure there's some urban dictionary words that are not in the dictionary that work for words with friends. Like I, Oh my God. I very recently, I have not ever played words with friends, but like, <laughs> I I used to play it like when it first came out and then I very recently picked it back up again because I I don't know why I just I uh, so uh, Ralph Garman uh, uh, from from Hollywood Babylon uh, the podcast uh, Kevin Smith's other podcast uh, he mentioned that he still plays it like he never stopped playing I was like oh my god where's with friends I haven't played that in years uh, and again because I'm an old old man I, I it's it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> I love that. I feel like that was something my grandma had, like, and that I played no. for a little okay. bit, but like, okay. then I, I'm just starting to just associate you with older and older generations. Yeah. And I'm just digging myself a very deep hole here. Uh, at least like when it was with your, your mom, like there's probably an age that's like, not my mom's like, a cool 15. mom. And, and I, honestly, <laughs> probably on like, probably my uncle would have been 50 this year. So like, probably that's the age gap we're looking at about 16 years. Yeah. My mom's in her fifties so. versus, versus like, uh, your grandma, who I assume would probably be old enough to be at least my grandma as well. Probably. So. Probably. But I like, I'm just digging myself <sighs> a hole here. It's fine. That's that's what I do. Uh, but yeah. So okay. So I, I don't know. I, I I do love that when um, I don't, somehow because of your article, I also got hooked up with uh, Daniel Slade from yeah uh, yeah. We chatted. I chatted on on the on his show. Uh, I guess that Temple of Geek or Toddcast or whatever they call it now. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it's called. Uh, and, then, and then we had him on. And I like I loved when I had him on and like he told me like his real last name was Slade. I was like, god damn, that's a cool last name. Like, damn. Yeah, that sounds like, isn't there a comic book character that's named like, isn't that like Deathstroke? Like Slade yeah, Wilson. Slade Wilson. Uh, which, speaking of, this is where we'll, we'll start to end our note on because you like the anti-heroes. Uh, so, like, are have you seen the trailer for once upon a deadpool yes i think yeah i think i did wait, yeah because i've seen the fred savage bit. i was gonna say you, 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 you did or you didn't <laughs> like, i like well because like i i watched half of it with like the sound off on twitter in the middle of class oh uh, well I wasn't that's paying attention when i should have been good productive time uh listen my player writing class is a joke it's, it's fine it's uh but that is like such the like such a great bit for a like Disney to like and I, not that Disney really probably has anything to do with this, but like Disney's able to use this as as a test to see how Deadpool will work in the Avengers universe, uh, and uh, which no for, okay first of all you can make Deadpool work in the MCU oh you can make Deadpool work anywhere I just don't want Disney to touch him well they're going he's going to be owned they're gonna by Disney. but I don't want it. <laughs> like, and I, you see, we all say like uh, this is, I guess, your generation saying this. I said the same thing when they bought first bought Marvel. Uh, Fair, yeah, and, that does make sense. And and like there was a fear as like a I, that's they bought Marvel right around when I got back into comic books. I was reading The Walking Dead and the original Civil War storyline, uh, and I, there was a huge fear that like they were going to throw Mickey Mouse ears on on all these heroes. It was going to be Spider instead of Spider Ham. It was going to be Spider Mouse and. <laughs> there was a huge fear of that, like a legitimate fear we all had. Uh, and uh, they, they, Disney, 
I feel like does a good job at kind of letting Marvel do what they do best and letting uh, like Lucasfilm do what they do best. I don't feel like they, and maybe they interfered a little bit with, uh, with, with the last Jedi uh, or, or mm-hmm. solo or, or one of those, but um, you know, uh, for the most part, they let the, they let their brands that they purchase do their own thing. Yeah. Uh and I think the MC, I think uh, Kevin Feige, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, I always pronounce Feige. it. I pronounce, yeah, I pronounce it and I'll pronounce it the right way one day and I'll pronounce it wrong the next. It's always different. Uh, kind of like my signature. And the, uh, <laughs> I, he'll do a great job with Deadpool, um, I think. Uh, and like, there's just, because of like, that's the one character from the Fox, uh, Fox Marvel universe that doesn't have to change. Uh, because that's kind of his deal. His is. I just like listening to him. To, like listening to him say "fuck." I just know he won't be allowed to do that. Well, but see, I think they're still going to do the R-rated Deadpool X Force films. Yeah. Uh, under and uh, whether they do it under the MCU banner or not, I don't know. But uh, they'll still do that, and then and then I think we'll also have all you know awesome opportunities to have Deadpool mixed up with Iron. Well, maybe not Iron Man, but like with. Uh, Tony Stark is a goner. I keep th- I, I, every every one I come That's up with is an old school Avenger, and I can't think of it. Uh, Black Panther or or Spider Man. Oh God, that's the team up movie I want is Tom Holland, Spider Man, and Deadpool. <laughs> that is there was Have a. You read the Spider like the Spidey Pool comics? No, but there they was amazing. There was a Spider Man comic book uh, that I read years ago that was very specifically a Spider Man team up comic book. So it was always Spider Man and Captain America for like five issues, and then it was Spider Man and Deadpool for another five issues. And uh, every interaction I've ever seen with them in comic books or in like. Now, I never watched really any of the Spider-Man cartoons beyond the 90s cartoon. Uh, but like the one that was on Disney XD, there was interactions between him and Deadpool that was amazing that I've seen in GIF form. Uh, and overall, that's the best. Like, that's my shift from the MCU oh, yeah. is Spider-Pool. Oh, God. Yeah. Where was this going? Where did, uh, where, we just didn't, we didn't want to end on uh, on, uh, uh, on the, po- politics. Yeah. And I'm about to I'm going to get kicked out of this. Okay. Uh, room in about 20 minutes right, so, so uh, real quick real quick uh we also uh i don't know how we didn't even touch on this at all uh we, we the probably the thing that makes the most sense to talk about with you is that you do uh your own radio show for your college I do. I so do. uh let's talk about that and then we can let you go uh okay. so you don't get kicked out it is so what i do is student radio we do wwec 88.3 the sound of elizabethtown that's our uh our call sign and so what we do here is that any student, regardless of their major or, or what they're doing, they don't have to be a comm major, uh, you can sign up to do an hour show or a two-hour show. And I have been doing a I've been doing a radio show every semester since I arrived at college because I got to the comm department kind of when they were doing their mixer thing and they were like, sign up for a radio show. And I was like, cool, I'll try it because I like music and that's kind of my big like I, I love playing music and I love exposing people to new music. So at the moment, I've had a two-hour show every semester except for my first semester when you have to have like a one-hour. Mm. Um, so I've had a two-hour show every kind of almost every semester since I've started. Right now it's Tuesdays from four to six, um, eighty-eight-three. You can listen on like the TuneIn app if I'm gonna plug myself. <laughs> um, and basically, what I do is I play any. I, I try to theme my shows around something. Um, so it's a lot of movies like uh, one semester I did all kind of female characters from movies and so I would I would write a whole script on their on their character and what they meant to me and their history and that kind of thing and then I would theme the music 
around them. And that's kind of, so that's what I do is I do a lot of, of talking. I get roasted by my radio boss um, for <laughs> the amount of talking that I do. But so yeah, radio to me was never a thing that I considered doing kind of when I started college. I never thought that that would be an avenue for me um, because it, you, you just don't have access to radio stations. Like not a lot of colleges mm. have radio stations. And we are so lucky that we have this great radio station. It's this little kind of square box of a room that is frigid cold all of the time but you can do whatever you want in there you can play whatever you want you can kind of talk about whatever you want the only rule is that you can't swear on air because that's the fcc rules you know and it's just so freeing and wonderful to like come in at like four o'clock on a on a tuesday afternoon and just at the moment it's just my show is a bunch of queen because i've seen Bohemian rhapsody three <laughs> times now um but just put a bunch of queen on the system and then chill back for 45 minutes and then talk for 20 minutes and then chill back for the rest of my show you know see that's like so to me that's so freeing uh that's frustrating because i would want to talk for uh an hour and 15 minutes and then like oh i have to get a drink of water let me play this one song and oh then- yeah, yeah and you can totally do that you're allowed to do kind of whatever you want which is the amazing part of it yeah it's I, that's where like finding out not finding out I've always known about college radio but uh, uh, seeing like how easy it is to for people to access it and not necessarily from talking to you uh, when we first connected but just from like finding out that you did it, I was like let me look into like the, all the local colleges that like I had attended for a little bit and like did they have college radio that I could have done because like Again, had I known when I was a teenager, this is what I wanted to do, I, I would have done it. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I have missed so many opportunities. I want to go back to college just to host the <laughs> show. Uh, and and was literally the thing I do on a weekly basis uh, here on awesomepodcast.com. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I would love to – like I love the idea of doing it on FCC, uh, like trying to be FCC friendly. Uh, because it's so hard not to swear. I, uh, it's so hard. I swear. Like I've been trying not to swear on this because I wasn't sure if I could, but oh, like yeah. it is so hard not to swear on it. No, 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 no. The, the beautiful thing about the internet is uh, like all the cursing is allowed. Like I'm pretty cool, sure. Do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure even like, <laughs> the, like the, the words that you shouldn't say, they're allowed. They're just frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, and and I, the, I I do like I've tuned in to the TuneIn app a few times just to like check it out and like see what's going on when I have uh, downtime in that like two hour window uh, because I I'm super interested in in the idea of like what does a college student do for radio and like it's funny I look at it from like a like just from listening to talk radio for literally twenty some years now at this point and it's like oh my god I wish I would go to college and just show all these kids like here's how you could just tighten up that one minute of si- or that one second of silence I hear <laughs> like, like there's and like yeah. I want to hear more hitting the post uh, I don't hear that ever. And not just like literally every tune in show, which is, I guess, a lot of like there's two college radio stations I've been listening to uh, just like I don't know why, just because I am weird uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, like no one hits the post anymore. And like it makes me I don't go even know what that means. Oh, my God. How are you doing a radio show? And you don't know what that means. Here's where we're going to end on. I want to I'm going to teach you something that you can try to do as a <laughs> uh, as a DJ. You're playing you're, you're a music show hitting the post uh, means 
that you know in, when the song uh, is queued up, you know at what point the lyrics are going to kick in. So when you're getting ready to end your talking segment uh, and introduce the song you're about to play, you stop talking right when the words are about to play so that there's literally, instead of having that second of silence in between you finishing your thought and then the song loading, it's you talking, the song loading, in the and, and just a bed of music of that song playing until you hit the post you don't stop over the lyrics of the song and then it fades uh, into the lyrics. Ah, okay. Yeah. I know, I know what that is. Yeah. I think I don't, I don't know if we can get away with that because we can't control the level of the music that goes out. So it would just be like my voice gets all drowned out by the, the beginning oh. of like, we will rock you or whatever the hell I happen to be playing. Mm. But like, I, I will try it. I'll, I'll have to ask my boss who will probably roast me for being like, how do you not know how to do that? You've been doing, you're on the radio board. <laughs> there's a, there's a little fader but... switch here that says fade. That's how I you know fade. how to control the mic level and that's it. There's gotta be a level for that. There's for the, gotta that, be. The, I feel like we might track. get yelled at if we touch it though. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, as uh, professor Kev, am telling you to hit the post <laughs> and touch that. Uh, level uh, and that's yeah that that is my dream is to tune in on Tuesday uh, and hear you hit the post Okay, uh, I'll try it. <laughs> uh, that's uh, so. I'm going to be specifically tuning in from four to oh, six. Oh God, now the pressure's on. And the pressure is on, uh, but don't worry, because uh, this this episode drops like well after Tuesday. So whether uh, you, I won't you, have any pressure from you, other people. I no, don't no. know. It's just it's just for me, uh, and and I I gotta say your grade uh, for uh, uh, relies on it. I want to email your professors and let them oh, know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you have a couple of minutes before you're going to get kicked out. Yes, is I there... have about 15 minutes before they're going to be like, please get the hell out of this library. Before we let you go, is there uh, anywhere you want people to uh, come check you out besides the uh, TuneIn app for your radio station? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Maggie Rachel underscore. So it's M-A-G-G-I-E-R-A-C-H-A-E-L underscore because my middle name is spelled weird. Thank you, mom. I'm also <laughs> on Twitter at Maggie underscore R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And I don't want people to find my Tumblr, so I'm just going to leave you guys with those two. Oh, also, um, my photography Instagram, because I should plug that because we talked about it, is at May, May B Photo. So M-A-Y-B-P-H-O-T-O-S. I almost forgot how to spell photos. <laughs> it's so late. <laughs> Hire Maggie to be your photographer. She yes, doesn't know please. how to spell it, but... Pay me she, money. <laughs> I'm broke. Pay me. All right. I'll take your picture. Uh, thank you uh, for being on the show. Of course. Uh, thank you so much for asking and me and continuing to deal with my, oh God, college schedule, not being able to schedule this, even though we wanted to do it in May. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry. We, we also talked about launching a podcast that I uh, was supposed to launch like two, what, two months ago. It'll happen it'll, eventually. It'll happen. It'll happen. In a post London world. Post. Uh, yeah. Post after I get back from studying abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't even talk about Ireland. That's like, no, we'll, I'll have to have you Next on again. Time. So we can talk Next about time. Ireland yeah. and, uh, and, and London and, and your TARDIS travels. I just assume you're going to be, traveling through time with, with oh, the doctor course, and, uh, and Captain Jack. Of course. All right. Thank you to Maggie for being on the show. Uh, I really loved this conversation. It was something, as you heard in the, uh, in the interview and conversation itself, that we've tried putting together since pretty much May, like uh, 
I, Wizard World was kind of early this year, so uh, it was we tried putting it together um, like the end of May. Like it was a couple weeks after uh, the con that we we kind of connected, and uh, we tried putting the to interview together. And um, in between that point and and the time that we actually recorded, uh, we were attempting to uh, to to like start a podcast together, like. Uh, and we had kind of a cool concept for a Star Wars podcast that I'm hoping to still do. Uh, she's in London right now. Um, and uh, so we decided that like with everything I had going on at the end of the year, uh, with getting ready for a festival, dealing with my uh, emotional baggage of uh, you know, cancer, basically, <laughs> you know, um, losing my uncle, my dad being diagnosed, with all that stuff piling up at the end of the year, uh, I, I just uh, we and her getting ready to go to London. It felt better to uh, wait uh, to launch a, another podcast. So that's something that I hope to do maybe in 2019, um, like you know, summer or or end of the year. Um, uh, but we will. It will happen. I, I trust it will happen. Uh, wonderful photographer. If you if you check out some of her plugs that she mentioned at the end of the show, they're also going to be in the show notes. You can see. Uh, some of her wonderful photography that she's done, um, and you know, she, some of it includes the panel that I was on uh, and hosted and ran for Wizard World. Uh, and uh, if check out, you know, you can listen to her radio show when she does it. Right now, uh, obviously, she's not doing it because she's in London, but um, you can follow their Elizabethtown's uh, radio station on the TuneIn app, I believe. Uh, and uh, spoilers: uh, she never hit the post. Never hit the post calling you out uh thank you all for listening uh and whatnot uh i'm going to i still need to tweak the end of the show to uh to, to update our um our our plugs and stuff so uh the key things to remember patreon.com slash that nerdy kev is a great wonderful way to support this show uh and support me as a content creator and help get more kind of neat pop culture nerdy stuff out there to the world uh, and you can also leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That, I don't know how often I stress this, but that is like the most, or at least one of the most important things to a podcaster is getting those five-star rating and reviews on iTunes. Um, yes, you may listen to the podcast somewhere else, uh, and please rate and review us there as well, uh, because obviously other people are doing that, but there is a lot that goes into being able to say um, I've ranked up on iTunes on the on the pod, on the Apple Podcast charts and whatnot. Um, that that means a lot, even if it's not a financial like end game. Like it, it's like for me, it's like man, I like I just I enjoy reading them and stuff. And we ha- we haven't personally got one in a while, so please 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 um, leave a five star uh, rating review on iTunes. Uh, we only ever check the USA one, so if you've left one from another country, please let me know and we'll find it. Uh, and if you're using another service to listen to us and you've left a five-star rating review, please let us know what you're using to listen to us so we can go check out those ratings and reviews and whatnot. Uh, and uh, you know what? Just have a really good day. Oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm turning into 
turn into heart points pod. Uh, but no, seriously, have a, have a great day. Have a week. Uh, I'm Kevin Smith now. Uh, and, and just remember to, you know, just be good, be positive, And uh, thank you for spending the last, I think this was a two-hour show, the last two hours listening to Everything is Awesome. You could literally be doing anything with your day, with your time. You could have gone and seen a movie uh, while listening to this podcast. But you chose to spend it with us, with Maggie and I. Uh, so thank you so much. Um, it means the world to me that people sit down and listen to this podcast and have um, any interest in, in what I like to talk about. So thank you so much. We'll catch you next time right here on awesomepodcast.com. We like to end everything is awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. It can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash that entertains. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word of mouth recommendations and five-star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on facebook.com and twitter at realawesomepod or at awesomepodcast on Instagram. And we're available on awesomepodcast.com and thatentertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, and also on my personal Twitter at that nerdy Kev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Everything is awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video, and live performances. You can find more info at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.